0: I like to move, move. Vec- I like to move, 원- move. I like to move, move. You like to move. I like to move, move.
1: I like to move, move. I like to move, move. You like to.
0: Good day ladies and gentlemen and welcome to I like to movie movie. My name is Dan Scully. My name is Garrett Smith. And uh this time around we we did something a little bit different. We had uh we had a poll. Yes, we did. And we had everybody vote in uh, to determine between Dawn of the Dead, RoboCop, and Nightcrawler. Yep. And Nightcrawler got 23% of the votes. Yes, it did. RoboCop got 33% of the votes. Yes, it did. And Dawn of the Dead got a whopping 44% of the votes. So that is what we're doing today. Doing He's Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead. And, and uh, so a big old bone tomahawk to everybody. Yeah, thank you for voting. There were Actually, a ton of people turned out to vote for this, yeah. which was really exciting to see. I thought it was be like, two votes for yep. Dawn of the Dead wins it. But no, yeah, yeah, we had quite a few votes. So yeah. thank you. Uh, we'll be doing more of that. Uh, I don't know if we've determined what the next one will be, but I don't think we have. We'll, but we'll, we'll put, put more one up in, in conjunction with this episode oh, yeah. and, and figure it out. Yeah, we like the idea of
2: uh, you guys kind of telling us what you want to hear. So, yeah. and that seems like a good way to do it. Actually, just give you a few options, let you choose.
0: Yeah, and thanks uh, for picking the horror movie; these do well. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool.
2: We, uh, and this is one of my favorites. Actually, uh, I know Dan, you and I kind of agreed that Day of the Dead might actually be where our uh, favor falls with this series. Yes, yes. Uh, but uh, this one was uh, pretty apt, considering. We just did Get Out for our last episode, and we were looking for a good social satire to do next. And uh, this uh, hits that right on the nose, but in a really sweet spot that works really well for me.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And so uh, let's introduce our guests yes. for the uh, for the, uh, this week's episode. So first we have Mr. Ivo Tomas.
3: Hello, hello. How are you today? I'm all right. Ivo, right. it's been a while, buddy. It has been. I think the last uh, time I was on was uh, Fury Road. Fury Road, yes. I think. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, best episode ever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Indeed. And then we also have uh, one of my Philadelphia cohorts he who is here for our top 10, or you had top like 30 of the year. Uh, Andy Elijah, welcome.
4: Hello,
2: thanks for having me
4: Thanks again. for coming back. It's great to be here.
2: Excellent. Uh, Andy and I went and got to see uh, Raw earlier this week, which was yes. an exciting thing that Andy allowed me to uh, come do with him, uh, which I think people should go check out if uh, it's played in any of your local theaters. Uh, really excellent French film from a first-time filmmaker. I it's believe, getting right? such
0: a buzz. It's a first-time filmmaker, Julie Du Corneau. I'm not, I'm okay. not going to pronounce it yeah. right, but um, yeah, that, that was on my list for last year. Yes, that's right. And yeah. so it's getting a. It's. I think it's getting such a buzz that it's getting a a wide release. It's, yes, uh, it wasn't even supposed to uh, play around here. Like they weren't going to do screener for right. it, and then the buzz just kicked in. So yeah. it's yeah, and it's it is. Uh,
2: I think <laughs> it earns that buzz very well. People oh, should yeah. definitely check this out. It's a. Uh, I think without spoiling too much, you can say it's a coming-of-age story. Yeah, it's uh, a really meaty premise. Yeah, yeah. Coming-of-age story about uh, a, uh, a vegetarian who discovers a taste for human flesh oh, yeah. while at veterinarian school. There's uh, a lot to chew on. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, for a movie called Raw, it's, quite it's well done.
0: Yep. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, which is such a rare thing these days. <laughs> Fun. Yep, yep. yep. Yeah, it, it makes
4: for uh, it. a really good double. It's an interesting... Movie to pair with Dawn of the Dead as well. Actually, it is. Yeah, just, you know. Yes, it's just on the most surface level of has, premises, but yeah. it has it
3: been wide released yet? Or today? I just saw just a trailer. I
4: was at, and I actually heard it advertised on NPR.
0: It's nice.
3: That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, nice. so I
0: think you
2: list. can go see it if you're if you're interested.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, well,
0: before we get started, uh, just so you guys know, we are trying to be more interactive with you, so you can always interact with us. We are at I Like Two Movie. That is the numeric two that we use in that in Twitter. We yeah. also have I Like Two Movie. dot yes, Facebook.com slash I Like Two Movie. Uh, so please like, subscribe. Uh, tell everybody all about it. And yeah, uh, yeah we, we want feedback from you so that we can give you what you want. That's right. Because all we want is to uh, stroke our egos <laughs> on record. Yes. Um, uh, yeah. Share the show. Let people know. I also want to say this. A friend of the show today is Dan Santelli's birthday. Oh, so happy birthday, happy buddy. Birthday to he birthday was here for our, our L episode. Yes. And also, I noted this down because I, I need to make a redaction from last week's oh. episode. I made a reference to Josh from CinePunks being Hawaiian. Oh, and yes. he's Filipino. He is Filipino, he is and, Filipino. Uh, so just for the sake of of keeping in tune with what was spoken about <laughs> yeah. in get out, uh-huh. I would like to be proper in that. Yes. And so, sorry about that. And uh, yes,
2: as so. as an apology to him, I will offer a plug for a new show he's doing. He told me about, which ah, I think yes. is fantastic, called Mandate. Where he goes on a date with a man to watch a movie, and they talk about it immediately afterwards in the theater.
0: That's incredible. I'm yeah. going to have to ask him out on a man
2: date. Yes, I am too.
0: And then the last piece of housekeeping I want to throw out there is that April 13th is the Cinadelphia Film Festival oh, yes. begins. It is at Filamoca. There's a lot of really cool stuff this year, so you can check that out at com. There's going to be a lot of coverage of that on com. Yeah. So. Yes, uh, check that out. Dan and I have been a part of that festival in the past,
2: uh, mm-hmm. doing the live version of the show, uh, and it's a just a. I mean, Philomoca is the best venue for these types of events. It, it it's the place to be if you want to come check out some really left of center. Uh, oh, it's gonna be uh, cool. Movies, yeah. Alex Cox is gonna be there. Y-
0: yeah, so it's gonna be it, cool. Yes, it's worth your time. Check it out. Uh, Do you want to dive right in? Where do you want to start this week, Dan? Um, Well, actually, I have here just to warm us up uh, just a couple of movie news things. We can talk about it and throw our opinions down. First things first, Warner Brothers announced that they are going to dip back into the Matrix pool. I saw that. And And possibly give it a reboot, which is a really, really funny term for something (laughs) that is about computers. Uh, Where do we stand on that?
2: Well, I mean, technically, the franchise rebooted itself at the end of of Matrix Revolutions, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. So it, it is at least a franchise where, uh, much like Doctor Who, the reset button is built right into the plot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I feel like it's not on... What's the word? I, w- I was going to say unprecedented, but of course it's not unprecedented. We do sequels to everything. But yeah. it, th- it doesn't seem outside the realm of, like, the reality of possibilities for that story. You know what I mean? That story I could buy. The
0: first one came out 18 years ago. Yeah. So if we think, like, Star Wars to episode one, yep. no, it's, a similar, what I'm saying, it's, it's a similar depressing. time frame <laughs> to, to dip back into. I'm just saying you're depressing me. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't depress- well, okay, I'll lift it back up this way. I think it's a great idea, and I think the jumping off point should be the Animatrix. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that was I such a great that. exercise in world building. Mm-hmm. Yep. We don't Incredible. need to see another The One go through the system again. Right. No. But we can play with that mm-hmm. concept and dip into that world and have people fly around in trench coats. <laughs> yeah. I mean,
3: Maybe. I'm into it. And maybe they'd be able to kind of fill in some of the plot holes of the third one, you know? I feel like a lot of people, like, just didn't understand the third one. Yeah. And there's always different explanations. And I guess everybody kind of lands more or less in the same spot. Yeah. But I feel like um it just wasn't satisfying the last one. Like, you know, the, I, I feel like... after I think the first one stood... what well, I think it was able to stand on its own. Well, and it yeah. was made before they knew they could even get Exactly, exactly. Made, so it and and to, then, yeah. you know, and that's a problem you have with, like... If you weren't intending to uh create mythology from the from the gecko. Um you end up overdoing it. You know, mm-hmm. like with two and three, there's just so many and then there's this and then there's that. Yeah. And I feel like then you just kinda go, go off the rails. So hopefully this can kind of uh I mean it looks like it's gonna happen. So uh <laughs> we I can't mean, it, stop it. No, it is. So I, I hope uh, uh I think the animatrix was pretty solid, I thought. You know, so I th- I think um not all I think it was like about nine little shorts. It was nine, right? Something like, yeah, that. Yeah, Something like that. Not all of them were great, but there was a few really good ones. I'm trying oh, yeah. to remember the names of them, but um but I feel like it, those are good jumping off points that yeah. um I I dumber decisions would be made if you didn't do that, you know? <laughs> like mm. I so also I think, think it's a pretty good idea. So.
2: You know, the whole concept of the Matrix is is exploring our relationship <laughs> right. with technology, which has definitively changed a lot in the last 20 mm-hmm. years. Oh, absolutely. So there is an opportunity, I think, to re explore that premise from sort of a new, more modern angle. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know what that would be, but I, I think there's a way to incorporate our sort of you know you know social media and things like that
0: like our whole, new relationship the i technology. having to dial into the internet right. is something that's just yeah. dated now yeah. right, right. it's gone yeah
3: and plus there's more people now know about technology more people yes. are oh, i yeah. mean computers are a part of everyone's life as opposed to 99 was probably part of most people yeah we had, I, I only had 33 hours at that time yeah yeah we're uh, (laughs) we're more we're
2: like almost living in a matrix that we've self-created at this point so that now we have an even more personal relationship with what that story is about too um so yeah i don't know i think there's actually you know it's
0: a pretty ample opportunity to work with there's a problem though is that the the visual and technological influences that the matrix have are still lasting in cinema today yes and the hardest thing is there's going to have to be and it sucks because there really shouldn't have to be, but there's going to have to be some sort of next level step up yep. in how you know, like there's there has to be a new bullet time. I was going to say that that is right. the big thing is like the
2: a lot of what hooked us in you know the 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 populist nature of that movie came from bullet time it, mm. it came from a new effect we had never seen that we were so excited by and the movie holds up to that you know yeah. which is great it is it's a good enough movie that it holds up to the right, right. the wow factor of that moment but that moment is why it became such a zeitgeisty movie oh, yeah. and so if you don't have that again I don't know. What do people dig into? You know, like how mm. do people get hooked into it again? It's going to be
0: tough to catch in on the, the nostalgia of it, right? Because like that's a movie that, in its own way, is kind of tapped into the cynicism of of how we consume that sort of thing. Oh yeah. So it's going to be tough. I'm but interested, I mean, but yeah. I, I, I would be curious to hear what the pitch is.
3: Yeah. Now I don't know too. I just know that they're rebooting it, whatever. Now, Are Wachowski's involved. So, so Wachowski far, brother, no. Yeah. It's anymore. it's on the, the table. The Wachowski yeah, sisters. Yeah. Yeah. There,
2: I think it's on the table that they could come back, but mm. uh, currently they're not officially on board yeah. in, any, in any capacity.
0: I think it's going to be funny with like the, the pitch is just going to be in the form of them. Be like, so what is this new Matrix? And they'll be like, well, unfortunately, no one can be told what the new Matrix is. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, yeah, I, I'm definitely curious to see what happens with that.
0: Well, I'm doubly curious about this little development here. You like that transition? Clean. Yeah. Clean. <laughs> I ruined it. Uh, So <laughs> David Gordon Green and Danny McBride are oh, officially yeah. helming Halloween. Yes.
2: Yep. I'm very excited. I, I'm, I'm that. into that. I am intrigued, to say the least. Like, yeah. That is... I,
3: I can't say I'm excited because I don't know. I don't know what to feel about it. But, it, again, it'll be fu- I think it'll be fine. I think David Gordon oh, Green's yeah. a good director. Yeah. But he's just when been he doing those be. stone- yeah, exactly. He's just been kind of doing those stoner movies, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yours, your, your, your Highness and a couple... The uh, thing is, coming yeah. off of
0: something like Alien Covenant, I feel like Danny McBride's head might be in the proper place for yeah. it. yeah. And I was confident when John Carpenter was like was like, uh, oh, these, I read their script, and these guys get it. Yeah. Because he also, like, he was like, ah, oh, the Rob Zombie ones didn't do it for me, so yeah. I'm on the same page as him. But, like, John Carpenter's also a guy who has, as much as I love and respect him, he's made some decisions that I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. get that. Yeah. So He hasn't really made
4: a particularly good movie in, like, 23 years, so... Yeah. To be fair, he's yeah. only made, like, two movies
2: in the yeah, last yeah, yeah, 23 yeah. years. True. I didn't <laughs> see The Ward. Yeah, that, you don't that don't one's have still to. on yeah. the to-do list. I
4: was reading a little bit about uh, like how these came about actually yesterday, and um, basically, I guess there had been a plan to make another Halloween movie called Halloween Returns, but then uh, and it was going to be like by some of the people who are behind some of the Saw films. Yeah, yeah. So when I yeah, Blue House maybe. When I heard about them. that, I was just like, "Ugh, you know why this yeah. is? Yeah, here you guys are just you know, just like let let it go." But uh, when Dimension Films, I guess, folded, uh, they lost the rights. So then Blumhouse and Miramax required it. And yeah. the fact that John Carpenter came on board with them, um, I just think I have a lot of faith in it. I think like David Gordon Green is obviously like an excellent filmmaker. Mm-hmm. And there hasn't been like a genuinely great filmmaker behind like the Halloween films probably since like... I, don't, I mean, I guess probably since the third John one Carpenter. Maybe? Yeah, maybe I mean, the third? I mean, Halloween 3 is great, but yeah. I, I don't know if it's like... It's hard to brand it. amazing yeah. yeah. sort of yeah. filmmaking, yeah. but David Gordon Green is a real auteur. And yeah. Well, like, and he was going to do you know,
0: Suspiria, so I wonder... Yeah. That's if right. In the same way, like, the Halo movie, that DNA went over to District 9, mm-hmm. or Bioshock, that DNA went over to A Cure for Wellness. Mm-hmm. Um, if the DNA of Suspiria could connect to that, that I'm totally into. Yeah. That's yeah. that could freshen it up a little bit. I also
2: don't I there's been some talk about them potentially just ignoring the entire franchise and it's making going, it. I just a saw <laughs> I
0: was going
4: to start, it's going to um, take place after Halloween two. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> Which here's the thing. Wow. I know some people hate that idea. <laughs> that was because,
0: such a mischievous laugh Yeah. That.
4: <laughs> well, it's just the fact that Halloween like no film or franchise has messed up its own timeline more than Halloween. Right, right, right. It well and that's the thing, doesn't it's doesn't like I know sense. people
2: hate that idea because people are all into continuity, but this is a horror. Franchise that's gone on so long, it's hardly there's hardly sacred. any. So yeah. like, yeah. fuck it. Who cares? Yeah. I would Even rather the, the, see. Rather have a good movie than. And I oh, would yeah. rather see something a sequel to Halloween to 2 than I would to see a sequel to Halloween H2O. Oh right. Yeah. Yeah, right. Like, well,
4: which happened with Resurrection, right. And, and they, they fucking killed off. Between uh, yeah, yeah, right yeah. 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 well, the first, right away. that was that was her deal. Was I don't want to do these anymore. And then he stabbed her. so she wanted to leave after H2O, and then they were like, "Let's do
0: one more." And she was like, "Fine, but fucking just kill me, yeah, just kill me, kill me."
2: No. So yeah, I'm I'm definitely interested. I think that's a just a, as a as a totally out of nowhere creative decision. I love that actually. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? It's Maybe dep- that's the kind of thing that we need. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's definitely
3: a shake up, you know. Yeah. Um. But uh, one thing I don't want to happen is um, like all right, like uh, I thought Twenty One Jump Street was a funny movie. It was yeah. good. You know, Even yeah. the sequel was pretty good. You yeah. Know? Um. But those are straight comedies, kind of making fun of themselves for being a TV reboot. Yeah. 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 Whatever. yeah, yeah. And Twenty One Jump Street was not a comedy. That show. I mean, it had right. maybe some lighter moments, but in general it was more of a drama. So I don't want. Um, I don't want this Halloween to be. Yeah. So self-aware, like, hey, we're. Oh yeah, I don't. Want to mean, I don't, right. want yeah. to, I don't want it. I don't want it to have too much. Like, whatever. If you have a, a joke here, now, I don't care. The but original Halloween but, has
0: a couple jokes. The man on your shirt had a couple zingers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Donald Pleasance has a few. And, but yeah, it's not. It's by
3: no means a comedy. Yeah. Exactly. No, yeah. And that's all. I don't want it to be a comedy. You yeah. Know? I don't care if I laugh a few times, but. You know, uh, I definitely want to be applauding some cool deaths. You know? I would say watching the TV work
2: the two of them have worked on together with Jody Hill, because like, I think David Gordon oh, Green dark, has yeah. been right, a part right. of some of that stuff. It There's a mean streak to that stuff right. that I could see working very well in the Halloween if series. It's played, like, yeah. If yep. it's yeah, if put the foot that. in the gas. Yeah. The two
4: of them have had a creative relationship. Uh, Gordon Green and McBride have had a Relationship since like the early yeah, two thousand. I think they're it's like all the pretty girls. I was going to say and all, it the bride, girls, all, all the real all the real girls.
2: girls yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, he plays like a pretty dramatic character in that too. Movie. He? He's not like I don't think he's comedic relief in that movie. Uh, not nah, he's he, he kind does of have is. like a crying breakdown. Oh, that's right. That's yeah, like yeah. the
0: first showing off of like that's the brand. Yeah, that's the McBrand. But
4: that's kind of what that movie is though. It's really tonally. It's a little tonally all over the place. Yeah, it's, it's amorphous. It's kind of... You know, he's like walking around with uh, Zoe Deschanel, and there's like, oh, did you fart? And <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah. like this beautiful, acoustic, lovely romance music is yeah. playing, and it's like, oh, I farted. It's <laughs> just, that's kind of the Gordon Green uh, yeah. approach is yeah. just tonal dissonance. So I wouldn't I would I wouldn't expect a total masterful control of tone like right. Carpenter can do, right. Um, that's probably not going to be what this is. Oh, that's like. interesting. Yeah. Carpenter I mean? did
0: say he might step on to do the music, which, which, would, which would be will certainly awesome. help with that. Yes, yeah, sure. I was excited when I read I that. I would love to see that. Yeah, um, another piece of good news that I that I have here. I think this is good news now that Ben Affleck. Who slept his way through Live by Night has stepped off of directing duties of the Batman, a movie that I'm still beating the drum for. Matt yep. Reeves mm-hmm. has stepped yes. on. So yes. yeah. uh, this is not the first time that he's done that. Nope, yep. he rescued Dawn of the Planet of the Apes sure from production hell. Mm-hmm. Who uh, and ended was up supposed making to that originally? Uh, I think uh, Dawn of the Planet
2: of the Apes. Rupert, whatever. Rupert right? did, the first did the first one. one. Yeah. I think maybe I he was supposed to do the sequel and dropped
0: out. Yeah, yeah something like that. I, yeah. I don't know if it was him, but it probably was. Well, yeah. and
2: I'll tell you this because the big news with the Batman this week wasn't even just that Matt Reeves took over as director. It's that. He's decided to go for like a page one rewrite on the script, yeah, yeah. Which is exactly what he did with Dawn of the Planet of the Apes yeah. as well. With very little time to make it, he was like, "Look, I'll make it, but I, I will only I think production make... on that movie was like ninety days, yeah. which is insane. He and he, was it's mostly in post, but still. Well, and he literally went into it with them being like, "Look, you got to start in three weeks," and he was like, "Sure, I will, but it has to be my movie, not the one you're trying
4: to make." Yeah.
0: And he pulled it the fuck off. And you know, I'm mean, so. it's a
4: great movie. It's one of my. Yeah. It's probably one of my favorites
0: of that year. I agree. It's such a good blockbuster. I agree. Yeah, but I think that I was excited for a Ben Affleck the Batman, but sure, like, me too. there's a dude who is stretched fucking thin. Oh yeah. yeah, and you know what? Fine. Yeah. If yeah, I I would actually, to me, this is just a better choice generally. Like, this isn't just making the best out of a bad scenario. <laughs> it's like if this was the original announcement, I would have been jacked. Oh yeah, so, me too. I'm into it.
2: And I, I don't know if you saw this, but Affleck had like kind of a big personal thing this week where he put out a Facebook status about. Um, just finishing Recovery for Alcoholism. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I kind of think he probably has been through a rather dark time the last few years. Uh, and so maybe Zing. it is... Yeah. Uh, so maybe it's a pretty... It not. Even for him personally, a good thing to have somebody else take the reins on oh, that absolutely. project, you know.
0: And he'll come at it fresh. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You know, I think it's. I, I mean, I don't know where this is going to stand in the in the whole thing, but that almost might work out thematically better because at the end of Batman versus Superman, yep. Dark Murder Batman was like, you know, what? I've got to actually really, like, yeah. I've got to consider my actions. That's
2: yep. pretty cool. Yeah. It's uh, it's pretty interesting.
3: So, yeah, I, I think Matt Reeves is a great uh, – that's good news. Yeah, I think yeah. that's fantastic I'm news. hoping with that Batman movie – I guess, you know, the working title is just the Batman, but yeah. they, they said that it's not final. Right. Right, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm hoping it really kind of, like, reins everything in and kind of, like, makes that uh, DC universe a little tighter, you know. Mm. um, you I've know, always I, said I would <laughs> like a smaller Batman movie. Yeah, yeah. I would like a more detective Batman. Yes. Yes, absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm okay with, like, the ass kicking and stuff. Yeah. That's, that's all good and great. I always love that. But um, I really want like a detective. I yeah, just, give me a, I good, find detective a good detective noir. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah. I find a good detective movie very satisfying. Oh yeah, and you just uh, you know um, and he can still beat ass in a detective. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I I feel like um, I would love beating beating ass to be the last resort. Right, <laughs> yeah, right. 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 Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, because I Hopefully feel like that would the be like the, last the, 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 the Batman. <laughs> I think the versions of Batman that resonate tend to be that where he doesn't yeah. just go punching and kicking right away. Yeah, he but, will. You know that he's got that in his back pocket. He's going to get what he needs generally. Well, and also, I would say he's got it in his utility belt. His utility belt. <laughs> 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 a, a genuine mystery at the heart of a Batman right. film would
2: actually be unique, too. Yeah. Uh, they've not really done that, that with a Batman. The closest
0: movie. we've come is like both in Batman vs. Superman and the Nolan verse, yep. where he's kind of like Bondy. Yes. Where yeah. like he's got the right. gadgets for it, which right. help him figure it, but like. You know, I think the closest before that was the Val Kilmer one when right. he's solving riddles and they just like chatted out for 30 seconds right. so yeah. if you're all shrewd Master Wayne he's like well, well, but there's I'm no like man. <laughs> true
2: mystery to those like my favorite yeah, Batman yeah. stories are like Hush is yes. a story all yeah. about not actually knowing who the villain is. Yeah. you know, yeah. Every Batman movie we've had, the villain is almost more important than Batman. We know who he is in the first 10 seconds of the well, movie. It's an easy chapter to fall into because, I mean, he I think, think Universal has the gallery. best. Of course. He has the best villains, you know? Um, but uh, Which is why Hush would be a great story to adapt because yeah. you get the full rogues gallery and still a mystery of who is actually like yeah. orchestrating all of this. That's the kind of Batman
3: story we need. And I'm um, you know, kind of back to what you mentioned. Like, uh, I would like to, I would like it to be a noir movie because I feel like yeah, the concrete movies that have, that have been um really good the last few years. I don't know if you guys liked Logan. I did. Yep. I, I loved. I had some issues with, it, but in general, I really liked it. Yeah, me too. That was a western. Yes. Okay. You know, um, I'm not the first to make that point. You know, nor, nor the last. Mm-hmm. But someone pointed out that
0: was actually just a retelling of Children of Men. Uh huh.
3: Yep. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, that and like you got elements of Unforgiven. Yeah. Know, yeah. You know. yeah. Um, uh,
0: Winter
2: Soldier is basically a seventies conspiracy
0: movie.
3: Yeah. Uh, slash spy film. Yeah, you know, yeah. like yeah. you know. So if you were to remove the, the superhero we know, it'd still be uh, just a, you good get a good genre. genre picture, Exactly. Yeah. So I feel like if Batman is styled with uh if they were you know clever enough to kinda of hide a lot of the tropes, you'd uh-huh. need those tropes. Yeah. But if you, if they were clever enough to kind of um subdue it a little bit where it's not just jumping out, I feel like um, a good noir Batman movie would be killer. I would yes. love to see it. You know, I would love think it. it would be so good. Yeah. Give me a black and white Batman, baby. Let's do it. Oh, that'd be awesome.
0: (laughs) Well, related to that, uh, the other piece of news that I have is that uh, Christopher McQuarrie uh, made an announcement in a cheeky, fun way on Instagram. He contacted Henry Cavill and said, hey, I got an idea. Uh, You want to be in Mission Impossible 6? And the response was, and I wrote it down because I thought it was so delightful how can I say no to a man with such perfect hair? <laughs> so that was their coy, silly way of announcing that yes. my boy Soups is going to be in MI6 with a, just a a great director on board. I, I am
2: genuinely excited for that. If for no other reason, then I did not like the man from uncle, but I loved Henry Cavill in that yeah. movie. He's really yeah. good in that.
4: I, he was, he's the kind of man who's just so dashingly handsome that yeah. he was just Born to like, you know, be in a Mission Impossible yes. movie, right, right. Yeah. like, like playing, like standing, you know, shoulder to shoulder with Tom Cruise. Totally, you know? he's, he's, he just needs to show up and like speak in a British accent, and he's I think he's gonna do amazing. I
3: think like the Mission Impossible movies that's one of those rare franchises. Much like, uh, Fast and Furious, and uh, they just they're they've gotten better. I agree. Yeah. Like you. early on, they they kind of didn't know the formula. they were trying to you know like the first Mission Impossible. I actually thought it was okay, but that's a plot. Well, holes it's a De Palma film before anything else. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. And then two was like, eh. that's a John Woo movie yeah. before well, actually, anything Dan
0: else. Actually, Telly said something brilliant about two. He said, "Well, they brought guns into it. Yeah. Guns don't belong in a Mission right, Impossible that's right, movie. Right. Like, that's that's really good true. That's really yeah. True. Yeah. That's true. They it's, don't belong. The John
3: Woo movie. Yeah, yeah." And uh, I don't think John Wu's formula works for Mission Impossible, mm. but I love John Woo. You know? Me too. Uh, but dude, that franchise has has been solid. I think the best moves were the later ones. Like, yeah. You know, three, four, and five, you know? Yep. I think, it was it uh, Brad Bird did five or four? Four. Four, 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 four is
0: one of my favorite action movies of all time. It's a great movie. I yeah, think that's the work. best one. And I loved uh, five, but yeah. four just right, takes right. the fucking cake. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that hallway I will sequence. not leave
3: without that. I love it. Oh, it's so good. So I'm actually excited for part six. Yeah, Uh, me too. That's a franchise. um, Yeah, as long as they're kind of doing what they're doing, I'm going to keep seeing them. And I thought Macquarie did a great job with the fifth one. So I'm very excited to see what He knows his his way around framing
4: a a seed. The thing that is really great about that franchise that other franchises, you know, pretty much every franchise needs to adopt is that every film is very much the work of its director. Yes, Yes. right. Like, like, like you guys are saying. Number first one's Brian De Palma. The second one's a John Woo film. Third one is definitely a J.J. Abrams yep, film. Right. Fourth one is definitely a Brad Bird film. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the last one had, you know, kind of that sort of exciting spy action, kind of like a Jack Reacher movie. In a yeah. way, right, right. You know? I mean, I wasn't as definitely wasn't as into that one, although I just have to watch it again. Like, yeah. There was some real high points. But uh, so I was actually a little bummed when I heard that McCoy was returning for this one because. I wanted them to continue that streak of like every entry yeah. being like a singular vision of its director. Who would you pick? Um, I mean, I'm, wow, that's a good question. Who, <laughs> who would be good for I mean, a new... I want James Wan awesome or Justin movie. Lin to do it. Oh, yes, just, be just really because they're part of the
0: family, which brings me to my last piece of news. Transition, motherfucker. Uh, Netflix just tapped Justin Lin for The Standoff, Ooh, which is, is a historical... Uh, a historic, I believe it's historical, uh, yes, drama-slash-action it movie that involves a standoff between SWAT and the Black Panthers. Whoa. And uh, so it's going to be a Netflix original, and it's going to be Justin Lin at the helm. Wow. That's the film all or I series. know about it. What the is film that? Film or a series? It's a film. And
4: mm-hmm. Netflix acquired uh, the rights to it, I believe. Yes. So it's yes. going to be a Netflix release sometime next year, and I read that the... Writer of the film wrote it with Justin Lin in mind to oh, direct. Oh wow! Uh, fascinating. So that'll He's be like, very So we're gonna get everyone in a car yeah. 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 and
0: flips and yeah, totally. I'm into that. The standoff. So I, I, I will be keeping an eye on that news as it goes. That is that's exciting, and that's yeah. literally all we know about it. Yeah. What a great marriage of, like, material and, and uh, person. Like oh, it's, yeah. What, it's so well, interesting. I'd love to see him doing something that is a little bit weightier yes. than Popcorn Fun yeah. and yeah. see how his sensibilities mm-hmm. as he's matured as a filmmaker but still has that flash. Like, you know, pull like a Danny Boyle. Yeah. Where he's just going to be, still has that kick, but <laughs> with a kick. He's still <laughs> got that kick, but he can give us something that has some density to it. Well, got
3: What would you say? No, no, not like with Danny Boyle. Like-
0: Yes, mm-hmm. he
3: still has the things he's always going to be good at, you know. But then more tools
4: and stuff. Did you guys see any of the uh, True Detective season two episodes that Lynn yes, directed? I did not. I did not. I, I do not see the season. He directed like the first few episodes, and and they, I mean, the writing was the real and story. Like it wasn't his fault, basically. Mm-hmm. Whatever problems I enjoyed were.
0: season two well uh, enough. I, I anyone who's ever tell read an actual pulp single novel, single... it's like that. That's Confusing and weird. I couldn't
4: tell you like a single thing about what it was about but but yeah I enjoyed it <laughs> and uh Lynn definitely very competent director and you know obviously the content of that season was like extremely grim well, it was, very it was dry style over substance yes. which I think
0: defines what we've seen of Justin Lynn yes. mostly at this point and so this is a great chance that maybe some substance will come it into it more, yeah. and you know SWAT versus Black Panthers like it's it it'll be impossible for it to not be you know a, a Contemporary and relevant, yeah, you better you know? hope there's some weight to that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. There, there really should be, or else it could end up, you know, kind of hurting it. Yeah, yeah. Or
4: the other option is he just like sticks with it, just doing like a super dry, very action based. Like he does a thirteen hours. He does like a yeah. thirteen yeah, hours right. Benghazi type thing, and you know, just kind of turns into a Rorschach test for uh-huh. however you want to see it, but. But I'm sure. Obviously, it's going to come down. You know. Obviously,
0: I think Netflix is gunning With for police awards, brutality. So they want yeah. to yeah. get. They want to get
4: some. Have a lot of yeah. echoes. Obviously. Yeah.
3: yeah. Well, they have that new Scorsese movie coming, right? Yeah. The uh, Irishman. That's yeah. going to be Netflix. Oh my god! That's Netflix. Netflix? No Dude, fucking way! Yes. 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 Oh shit! They, Allow man. me to say, uh,
2: they put uh, down some fucking coin. Oh yeah. yeah. Because you know Scorsese is not like a fan of streaming or, like, watching in your home. Yeah. Uh, But I think they put down, like, a lot of money and guaranteed a theatrical run. He was like, all right, let's do it. Because he can't get that that. movie made any other way. He's been trying to for, like, 20 years. Right, right,
4: right. That's true. I'll go see that in the theater, obviously.
0: Oh, Yeah. Pretty interesting. That's interesting. Well, that's all I have for brand news. new world, baby. And, uh, I don't know how much time we spent on that, but I think it's About time a half to get hour. Into we're ready. Let's do Dawn it. of the Dead. Yes. So this is the second in George Romero's. Now, what is it? A legacy? When we're up to five? Yeah, Basically. I think there's uh, six. Even aren't there? Is there there's six? There's survival
2: and diary. Oh and yeah, after did. He do after after detention of six. the dead. It's Det- like a Det-
3: no, no. I see, definitely it's, not. I see it once in a while on like encore. <laughs> I just don't want to watch it. But I'm like, that's not Romero. No, no. It's okay. Well, there
0: was a there was always a big split. Because after Night of the Living Dead, I I actually don't know how it works, but Return of the Living Dead got the rights to use of the Living Dead. They got the rights to Living Dead. Right, right. And so then, which is funny, because even in that movie, they mentioned, have you seen the movie Night (laughs) of the Living Dead? And it's like a meta sequel. Yeah. But then at the same time, um, Dawn of the Dead became Zombie, Mm -hmm. which was followed by Zombie 2 and all, or maybe it was Zombie 2, I forget. And so there was like an Italian series that spawned off of it. As a result, Dawn of the Dead has... You know, as many iterations as yes. Army of Darkness, as yes. Blade Runner. Yes. And so we had a long conversation about we how... We out
2: of our way trying to figure out which version of Dawn of the Dead to watch and why we should watch that one. And
0: comically, we ended up on American Theatrical Cut. Yep. yep.
2: Which... which it, what it came down to is we wanted to watch... Romero's preferred version yeah. of the movie, which to our understanding, the U.S. theatrical cut was the preferred version. Just
0: re- it's, That's kind of a funny thing, too, when you think of like director's cuts. Yeah. That has become as useless of a term as, like, oh, this is an artisan Agreed. Bread. You know, Like uh, I, I passed by a Dairy Queen today, and it was like artisan cheesesteaks, In the picture, it looked like it was made of Legos. <laughs> there, yeah. there's, there's no yeah. fucking this. artisans making this cheese. No, was like, Sorry. That's, that's a freezer cheesesteak. <laughs> it's a freeze steak. No, it, seriously, it looked like out of the Play-Doh factory. They just yeah pumped that out and then moved it over to crescent moon they and put it that in the baby crawler's oven and yeah, it yeah, came yeah, out like yeah yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like a cheesesteak I mean, and green water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh so director's cut doesn't meet uh what's his name uh peter jackson had a famous thing uh, he said something to the effect of, I don't believe that there's any better cut to any of the Lord of the Rings besides the theatrical. Right. I do believe in special edition DVDs. Yeah. But the one you see at the theater, that's your movie. That's the movie I made it's that I wanted you exactly. to see when you sat down in the theater. Anymore, that's not always the case. No. Because things are, you know, we make movies like we make those Dairy Queen sandwiches. Yes. Um,
2: and we make them in a world where the filmmakers are now knowing there will be a DVD they yes, can release yes. where they can expand on their vision. Or it's easier or to make a cut.
0: When you know you can put your your yep. the scene that you filmed yeah. with your neighbor in it yeah. a little bit later. But I think with that in mind, I don't have any problem believing that this is the preferred cut from oh, no. America. Yeah.
2: I like I have seen the other cut I have seen, I believe is the can cut. I'm pretty sure based on the research what, we did yeah. today. Uh and I like I, I love that movie. It's the only other version of this movie I've seen. To be honest with you, I don't I couldn't give you too many differences other than noticing a lot of the score differences.
0: Yeah, I think mm. it's score and, like, certain scenes are shaved or extended. <laughs> Some of them are extended or shorter. And then there's yep. also, like, the TV versions where they cut certain things yep. out so they use an alternate take that's a less gory angle. Yep. And so a lot of these super cuts is just, we're going to assemble all of Everything. it to say it's the ultimate cut. Yeah. And it's like, that's not necessarily better. You're just collecting them yeah. all. Yeah. And this one sits at, like, you know, two hours and ten minutes or something like that. This is,
2: like, the right length for this movie, I think. I think it's... it
0: came out to, I think it comes out to, like, quite, like, I think it's two hours and seven.
2: Yeah, yep. Yeah. It yeah. Yeah. So it's like it, it's the right length for this movie. Yeah, nothing you know? overstays its yeah, welcome in yep. the
3: movie. It's like, yeah, I i, I think uh, it was a good length for there's it. There's
2: a lot of very
4: distinguished, you know, like every part to this movie, like there's a lot of chapters to yes. the movie in yeah. every chapter, like you're saying. Is a yeah, you know what? This moment. doesn't have a really no.
2: standard like three-act structure, does Not it? Not at all. No, no. It kind of just... Almost meanders its way from just sort of like scene to scene and plot. But you feel the development of time. That's really what it is. You feel the passing of time throughout it.
3: And that whole feeling of uh, this problem they're dealing with is just getting worse off camera. Like you see. Yeah, yes, yeah. You know, just over there. It does
0: have all of the markings of like. What kills most middle chapters of a trilogy mm-hmm. to make it feel like a middle chapter, mm-hmm. where this does stand alone because yes. you know right. it has a, a beginning and end. Uh, it doesn't have so much an arc, but it does have a story that develops through kind of an onslaught of just plot yeah. release. Yeah. But um, I'm doing a lot of hand gesturing. I hope you guys at home can just feel the wind yeah. on that. But um, and it's probably not even helping anything. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it does. It does feel like a. Uh, It does feel like a middle chapter, in hindsight, knowing that it's a middle chapter. And I think that's sort of why it has that structure, because I believe at this point there was... Not necessarily a uh, you know plans on it, but there was a hope that this would not be the last one. Yeah,
2: you think Romero kind of knew he wanted to like keep, keep yeah keep like pumping these out. Night of Living from the time Dead. He was just a kid making yeah. a movie with some money, right. so
0: there was no guarantee. It was like the Matrix. There was no guarantee of a sequel. Right. But by the time the second one came out, it's like, well, we don't have the money yet, but we got this done. Yeah, you know, right. we're gonna have to wait till the eighties, but we'll get it. You know, we were talking earlier about
4: how each film in that original trilogy is sort of reflects the decade that it was made in. Like mm. so how what are some ways you guys think this one is like a seventies a film?
0: I mean, first off, just the decor. Oh, and yeah. also the dawn of mall style shopping yeah of mm-hmm. course there mm-hmm. at dawn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, I I mean that would be the surface level things. I don't yeah, know. Malls were new in the seventies. Oh, yeah. It's not a thing in the sixties at all, really. Well he has that yeah. what's
2: that line that the the pilot says in uh, like really early in the movie when they first get to the mall. He has some line like uh uh, they remember it. They remember how important it is to them. And like, are malls important to you guys? No. Right? Like, like that is definitely a thing of the 70s and the 80s and even into the 90s. Mm-hmm. And yet, however,
4: I think, you know, we probably all grew up going to the mall. Yes, because it was like, still In the 90s. Like a, yes, the 90s, it was still huge. It was yeah. big. To the yeah. extent where, you know, whenever I go to a mall nowadays, there's always like a little wave of nostalgia. Yeah. You right know, there's yeah. always like a little... I can totally relate to that. There's always like this, you know, I want to go get it a tapioca drink mm-hmm. with, you know, like, yeah. I want to go to the food court and yeah. then a lot of times I'm like, maybe I want to get some of that shitty Chinese food, which is yeah. always a mistake. Yes. Mm-hmm. You guys oh, ready? Nice. You guys ready
0: to all feel warm? Ready? Okay. Sabaro. Yeah. Oh. oh. <laughs> I used yeah. to think
4: that was the best pizza. Man. Yeah. 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 And uh, it's so certainly that, the best yeah. pizza at the mall. Yeah. So there is something like, you know, it definitely taps into that nostalgia and that the, the comfortable. That comfort of you know consumerist culture that we can always
0: rely on, which was something we talked about while we were watching. Yeah, I so feel it like now when I oh. buy things. Like I, I had after Christmas, I had an Amazon Prime subscription just because I did that to get my gifts. And I'll tell you what, I bought so much shit I don't need oh, because yeah. it felt fucking good. Yeah. Felt good to consume. You get that dopamine rush, Re- yeah. you know. retail therapy, Click. right? Like yeah. that's yeah. a
2: real thing for sure. I, I well, definitely sometimes need to. Sometimes I'll go buy like a fucking candy bar, just oh, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, 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 just just, uh-huh. just to buy something and feel like, oh, good, I got a thing that I needed that will make me feel good. And that you we'll, hold in you your hand, yeah. it's like, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: And uh, I, I I was listening to this Louis K., uh interview uh, a while back, and he was saying how um, he actually has a lot of anxiety, which you know I guess everyone does, I guess, yeah, to some degree. And he bought a boat once, okay, like but then he realized like. Whenever he wanted to buy something, like it's like the retail therapy. Like, like, oh no, I'm just really anxious right now. And I've actually applied that. Like, it's a simple like, notion, but I've actually applied that in my life where I'm like, like I'm I'm on a kick right now where I'm buying like statues, like sideshow collectibles. Yeah, like, they're very expensive. so I'm trying to buy like dirt cheap if yeah. I can find somewhere. And I'm like, I don't need this. Like, right. you know, I just think it looks cool on my shelf. So I'm like, Let me sit on it for a week and see if I'm still anxious. See. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I'm not anxious anymore. So I'm like, I don't need it. You know, you know how many
0: uh-huh. DVDs I owned. Yeah. Just because back in... Like, I have so many movies that I've never even seen that me too. I have. have just me too. because when I when I didn't have responsibilities with my money back in the day, yeah. it just felt good to buy and be like, I have this. Yeah, yeah. I have oh, this movie I got now. It. That's yeah. why I have my vinyl collection. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
4: I bought it when, you know, money was less of... When, you know, I didn't really have to totally depend on myself. And it's like, I have so many great records. And, you know, I listen to the every once in a blue moon. But the thought of going and, you know, even buying a, a record oh, of vinyl yeah. just... It feels like, I'm like it kind of feels silly to me.
0: Anyway. It was, it's weird how I'm going say on vinyl. You want to hear it? I'll put it on Spotify. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. 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 yeah.
3: yeah. It was, it's almost like a part of your identity. You know? yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: so I, I, I kind of think I would. That's actually an interesting thing that you say right there. Yeah. Part of your identity. Because mm-hmm. that seems having to be this thing, the, yeah. at the core of the commentary here. Yes. Is that these, uh, when you become a zombie, at least in this, that's the one thing that you're stripped of. Is what makes you an individual person, right? Right. Because you sit, you become just, you know. And it's funny because what it strips you down to is consume, eat. Yes. Yeah. Consume, consume, consume. So I guess all you're left with is your base instinct, which for Americans is to consume, consume, to consume eat. Yeah. Bring it yeah. to me. Bring it to me. Fulfill this unfillable need. Yep. And so they do try to place an identity on it by going to the mall. Yeah. For no reason. And and it calls into the question like. Why retail therapy, right, you know, it's yeah that anxiety, but mm-hmm. it's very funny too,
4: that you know and legitimately from a just a, tan, a tactical standpoint, the mall is the safest place around to be, oh, so, yes. so oh why, yeah, so why is it that yeah. you know this place that's basically like a fortress uh with you know supervision as far as the eye can see, huge parking lots all around, so you know who's coming mm-hmm. when and where. Um, you have all the resources you need. Yep. It, you have, like,
3: you know. For a very long time. You yeah.
4: have A helipad
3: everything. for some fucking helipad <laughs> and, uh,
4: and it's the mall, and it's this place that we're all drawn to. So, you know, it, it really it makes sense that they would go there just from a tactical standpoint. And uh-huh. then also, you know, certainly symbolically, it, it works perfectly as well. I, I love, you know, certainly Romero wants to draw a comparison between, like, just the zombies wandering around the mall. And obviously I'm sure the way that, you know, just Americans look in the mall, yep. like wandering around from store to store consuming, you know, just mindlessly. Mm-hmm. And there's scenes where they're drawn to the glass and they're all like, You know, they're crushed up against the glass, window shopping, looking in the stores.
2: I always think of cows when I see those scenes. (laughs) I I do. They look like herds of cattle. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's the thing is Andy's right. The comparison that's being drawn is like, this is what you look like when you're at the mall.
4: Well, think you're about just there Black like, you don't Friday, need anything you yeah. just want yeah like, yeah. yeah exactly These stories about you know people getting crushed stampeded death, basically yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: I mean but I like the idea too at the very beginning when they say we got to get to the island like what island any island yeah and the thing is an island is tactically very safe but yes. what is the one thing that is not available on the quintessential desert island Resources. stuff yeah, Resources. yeah. yeah. and so like that represents in a yeah. way this island and one that is that comes fully stocked with resources, right? Right, yeah, yeah. the perfect
3: island, yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. But what I like about the movie is like we, I uh, want like there's a piece of me that wants to get trapped in a mall. oh yeah. yeah. Because it looks it's very appealing fun to just be like I don't have to pay for any of this, but I can just consume it. Mm. Yep. I can shoot things. Yep. I can do whatever I want. And, where, and he yeah. knows
2: that. I mean, he said he uses that all the Sabaro. Yeah, he mm. uses that. Uh, uh, what's it called? The library music. That is literally like funhouse music oh, when yeah. they're driving the car around. When they're, you know, what I mean? yeah, there's like yeah. all these sequences in this that are very much like, yeah, I know how much you love this. You do love this. Yeah, like, yeah. It, it, this is definitively a thing you love to do, and I know how much you love to do it because even if you were surrounded by dead bodies, you'd still have fucking fun doing it. Yeah. Oh yeah, and the
4: fact that you know you're that no one's around to really judge you, for right? Doing yeah. it is is what makes it so much more fun. Yes, there's something tantalizing yeah. about that. We're talking mm-hmm. while we're watching it about how just how. Much fun it seems like they're having when they're raiding these stores. They're on a mission. They're yeah. running around, you know, grabbing these resources, and yeah, like you said, they're having a blast. They're, it's a, it's a fun house time for them.
1: Yeah,
3: so. I think with this, with this movie, the first time I saw it I was a teenager, and definitely fed into. And maybe I don't think I'm the only person who does this, but I know growing up, you know, I was raised Catholic, so I'd be in church a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one big place, and I would always like sit there. If I wasn't, I was an older boy, but if I wasn't serving mass, I'd be with my mom in the pews. I'm zombie proof in a place in my head. <laughs> and yes. I, do, I used to do that a lot, like yeah. way too much. Like I so I feel like this is the first movie where i um, I had this checklist in my head. I'm like, okay, they got the doors. Yep. They got this, they took care of that, they took the Yeah, you know I mean like I and I just feel like um that st- like satisfied this little thing in me mm-hmm. that'll just always be there, like you know. I do
0: that anytime I'm on a bus or a plane. I you know? look for my friends. <laughs> I look for the people that I might not be able to trust and right. I look for like the barricade in the out. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that comes up in my uh, top <laughs> <laughs> they uh
2: I feel like this movie is very much about process to mm-hmm. your point too. You know, like the movie is like one of my favorite things about the movie is the evolution of the space upstairs. Right, right. Where they find themselves. That slowly evolves over the course like of the movie yeah. until they make it like home. And that's where like <laughs> I think like the kind of the real commentary of the movie comes in where it suddenly becomes clear that this isn't just a tactical position that provides resources. Cause when I think of the word resources, I think of food, shelter. Water. Suddenly, they're yeah. Suddenly, they're ensuring that they've got a a TV on an entertainment stand and a vinyl player with a nice little vinyl collection and nice lamps for nice lighting around. You know, suddenly it becomes oh, this is like I I think I said during the movie. It's like this isn't just about living. Isn't enough for them. It's not enough to be alive in the middle of this hellscape
0: they found themselves in they need to also be comfortable. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. it's... Like, it's. Well, and even to the point when the biker gang shows up, where it's like, at the beginning of the movie, the first thought would have been like, oh, there's people here. Yeah. They right. can help us. But once we've reached the point where it's comfort, it's, oh, these are a threat. They can actually upset the the little bubble the of society we've we built. Have, yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. And what happens when they... You know, there's that one big scene that, where they're all setting, settling down for dinner, and... Uh, and what's the woman's name again? Francine. Francine. She says, you know, what have have we done to ourselves? What have we become? That's, you know, they finally reached that point where they basically gotten everything they need and they, but yet they know that nothing's changing. They know that they're pretty much, they're basically stuck there and they could stay there and it's not ultimately satisfying. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to the extent that it's kind of sends her into an existentialist crisis almost, which is definitely what happens to to a lot of people I know myself, when suddenly you look around at all the stuff that you own, all the stuff that you're surrounded by, and you just look at it and say, "Man, this stuff owns me." Yeah, than, it's not right. that you own it; it's that it owns you. And you Got know, a regular they, Tyler they, Durden over here. Yeah, oh, there <laughs> you go. And they basically kind of tie themselves down to that place to mm-hmm. the to the point where
3: it's almost like they know, can't leave. Yeah, it's like, it's like
4: it's as if they can't leave, and yeah. it's almost like they've created their uh, like a tomb for themselves yeah. in mm-hmm. a way you know but obviously for a while you don't have to realize that it's a tune because you're just so caught up in amassing more and more and more it's but, easy
0: to be seduced know. by comfort i think it's one of the things that leads people lots of the times to be closed minded where yeah. it's just I'm comfortable in this world and I cannot accept anything new that can upset the stasis that I've created because yeah. it works for me, mm-hmm. and you know, and that's that's a challenge for anybody who's coming from any sort of place of privilege, even it, even if it's just being I have a little bit of comfort, is you don't want to upset that, yeah. and that's that's just a tough thing to to give up, you know, and and that's, so we actually watch them develop
2: it, right? That's the know? tough pill to swallow at the end of the movie, I think, because it's like. You know, there's a hundred movies where it's like uh, it's a monster movie, but who are the real monsters? Yeah. people oh, right yeah. Yeah. and this movie goes there, but I think the the sort of extra step it takes is in this idea of like ownership of comfort, right It's yeah. like it, it, once the once the real monsters show up, the, quote, the people right These, the, this biker gang shows up, and they are the quote unquote real monsters of the movie, the real threat because they threaten their ownership of this safe space and suddenly they're not murdering zombies at the end of the movie. They're murdering living people. Yeah. You know, and and I think that that is kind of this, the, I don't know, that's where the movie is really building to, is this idea that the things you own end up owning you, and once that happens, your humanity is suddenly left on the table. We you know what I mean? We watch
0: it now, like, where it goes from, you know, the, the world of crime fighting. We watched yeah. crime fighting was, just get rid of the monsters. Yeah. But, like, now we have seen that, you know, go beyond that Mm -hmm. go beyond the realm of stopping the monsters and preventing the monsters. And in the realm of just anything that we think could even begin to shake up our stasis is now a monster. And, 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 you know, and so then it becomes, it it, it becomes a a step back in humanity. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They they end up
2: basically uh, regressing into either becoming zombies themselves or, Determining that other living people are no better or worse than the zombies. You could read it either way, and it's still a, a pretty scathing indictment of, of
0: uh, consumer the culture, of like, I think. We built this. You yeah, can't right. have it. You want to pay rent? Right. You know, yeah, like, yeah. But no. if you're going to show up in your bikes and mess things up, yeah. well, you know... Well, well at least the zombies,
2: and even even from their perspective, what's the thing the bikers say to them over the radio once they they figure out that it's a small group of them? The bikers go, "We don't like to share." Yeah, yeah. They hang up, and they come after them.
4: Yeah, and I think it's just interesting that in this conversation we've hardly talked at all about the zombies, In, right. a, in a way, other than just simply as agents of chaos, which is kind of what they are, right? Absolutely, you know, yeah. And uh, you know, this movie is just so deep into, you know, it it really clearly has awoken a commentary on you know, consumer culture for us rather than you know a movie about zombie massacre fun gore blood and guts which there's plenty of in the oh yeah yeah but, yeah. It's, but fun it, yeah, it's and well done great. but it's way more about you know these themes at play mm. you know and it's, it spends a lot of time with it with those principal four characters and and you know this movie it, it is a zombie movie but but it sort of isn't at the same time i would right. say like Day of the Dead and like movies that came later were are way more about zombies mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. this one was which is maybe something more about that building
0: the lore of the zombie too yeah. yes. like establishing yeah. new rules and developing it and this yeah. that's
4: maybe something that is to this film's slight detriment perhaps like be, because in a way you could like take some, you know the zombies out of this movie and still have like yeah, yeah. the skeleton of something
2: I was going to say it would kind of be I mean not the same movie but the same movie you know.
4: Well,
0: you could just put a, a poisonous gas outside, yeah. and it's the same movie. Yeah, right. yep. Well, well, here's actually something because I, I answered the question by taking the low hanging fruit and saying the mall is what made it seem like the 70s. Right. That was your initial question. Was right. If the first one's the 60s, yeah. You know, however that is defined, what defines this as as the 70s? Because Day of the Dead, the cynicism of the 80s, and the, uh, you know, almost the isolationism mm-hmm. of the 80s, and mm-hmm. like the Reagan era. Is is you know very prevalent in Day of the Dead, but what gives Dawn of the Dead the seventies? I I took we, the cheap answer. Does anyone have something better? Yeah, I would say I know in the late seventies, um,
4: you know, crime was a really yes. huge yeah. thing, and, and that's kind of what the opening of this movie yes, is, is exactly alluding to and about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Good. And I would say like not only the crime, but just the um, you know the racial segregation, right. the yes. inner cities uh you know and also the contrast between that and rural america uh-huh. which this movie certainly comments on oh yeah true and uh you know so oh, the, yeah, the, the way that that housing project that you know the police raid raided at the beginning mm. well you know the zombies are there but that's not it's the not point. Even why that's they're that's not there. why the cops yeah. are there right. Right? yeah yeah they're there just to basically uh take out some gang yeah. and uh and oh, look and at what has happened got a filthy potty mouth exactly
0: uh-huh. and look at
4: what's happened basically when you've ghettoized and sort of quarantined a whole you know group of 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 people who are in need you know mm-hmm. so it certainly is to me you know that crime wave of the late 70s is sort of like at least that we hear about in pop culture nowadays with like the that sum, makes sense with the summer of sam and all that yep, shit yeah. you know is certainly a big part of this movie
2: yeah that really makes sense um because that my your answer was the mall. Mine would have been the same thing, just phrased differently. It would have been it would have been just the sort of rampant consumer culture. That yeah. The movies clearly the whole rise about. of that, really, yeah. because it like, that that became was, a normal part of. Yeah, it that was like a fear at the time. I think. too. And the contrast
4: know. of the people, you know, consuming, they have more stuff than they could ever need at the yep. mall. Like our our four main characters, they could probably stay at that mall for for years and years. And uh-huh. then you look at where the movie starts out in this housing project where. They've literally taken like the the infected, the sick, the poor, yep. and just tossed them in a room to feed off each other. Mm-hmm. You know, so when you look at the major gap in inequality, there, mm-hmm. it's just it's it's very
0: astounding. that's wild. And that is a really compelling and upsetting image. That basement shot where oh, it's yeah. all of the corpses writhing, yeah, eating each other, and just kind of doing what they can to eke by. Whereas on the other end of the spectrum, we've got people who are just consuming for the. Fucking, fucking oh, yeah! Bit, you know, as far as a horror movie goes, like the opening twenty minutes
2: of this are probably the most horror movie of it, and they're like fantastic. Oh, yeah, uh, yes. just the, the opening in medias res of just like this is all already happening. We're inside a TV studio, a news station that is attempting to keep some semblance of order within the station as they're trying to keep a broadcast going. Are we uh, supposed to kind of think that
4: it's the same event as Night of the Living Dead?
2: I'm not sure. The movies actually don't really yeah.
0: ever get explicit they about how connected it. they are. To I don't think show. they're meant to be connected, to be honest with you. See, so I think it is, because they, I mean, it, only in so much that they follow the same rules of yes. just, you die, you come back. Yeah. It's not an yeah. infection thing. Yeah. I believe in Night of the Living Dead, I don't know if it's explicit, but they suggest that maybe it's caused by a comet passing too oh, close. Yeah, something to like that. Earth. I thought it was a satellite that fell to Earth. Or a satellite that fell to Earth and yep. causes this mm-hmm. to happen, and so it's the dead come back no matter what, yep. but their bites are also deadly, so it's not the infection thing that has kind of become the modern thing, but there's really nothing in it that I think explicitly ties it no. to that short of But I've always thought
4: that it's basically the same event, just like it. Just if nothing else, just the titles of first one starts at night, the next one's yep. dawn, the yep. next one's day. Well, yeah. I also
0: like the idea that it, it could almost be happening within days of the first one. Sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. of course the styles and things say oh, different, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you know that also calls into question too. You know, maybe it would take a decade for this because it is a slow disease. Mm-hmm. You know, people. People you know, people die quick, but people are born quicker. Mm-hmm. And you know, that would it would take a while for that to be offset. What's so, yeah, yeah you know, point. and so ten years later, we might get to the point where people have their backs against the wall and are scrambling mm-hmm. and newscast people are giving each other bunny ears because fuck yeah. the system. Yeah. Uh, actually I so I good. took a note here. Did you notice the name of the TV studio? No. W Gone. W Gone. W G O N. W Gone TV. I think that is so funny. Yeah. But there was a line that that someone said um, they were talking about the TV broadcast, but it ended up being a very uh, thematically strong line um, when the guy said, oh, well, you know, at midnight we go to the emergency broadcast system, so, you know, do what you want now. Quote, unquote, our responsibility is finished. Yeah. And that is, like, the first line of someone just being like, this is bigger than us. It's going to win. So, you know, put in your time and then just, you know, survive <laughs> hug hug someone that you love yeah. and,
4: and have a beer yeah the other thing that i think makes it really 70s is just is i'm always striking strict stricken striking <laughs> struck i'm always struck with the color of the blood in this movie yeah. Oh, yeah. it's like yes. that bright pinkish red uh-huh. yeah and that's just such a hallmark of like italian horror i know like right if you look if you've seen like once upon a time in america which came out like probably five or six years later mm-hmm. also in italian production the same blood. Yeah, you know? yeah. I, I and I love it because it's so obviously fake. Yeah, so, but, but it's so rich. It's yeah, you know? but it's yes, still so rich, right word, and yeah. it's just it's just kind of fun. It just sort of reminds you that it you're reminds watching you it's a movie, a movie, which yeah.
2: I, I like actually. Some of that separation of sure. uh, you know the
0: reality. I actually well, was w- with the blue tone of their skin too. Like yes. that's another mm-hmm. thing that's just like they're they're cotton candy colored, but yeah. it's it's also they're oxygen deprived. Right? You know? Yes, so, exactly. So,
2: that I, when I was reading about the different cuts of the movie today, there's apparently one where they went and recolorized the blood to make it look more like real, you know, dark red yeah, blood. I'd be curious to I, see. I it. hate that idea, I think. I feel like part yeah. of the charm of this is in that neon oh, red blood, you know? I would
0: prefer this, but I'd really like to see that.
2: that I would be curious. I'd be very curious. Because, to I see mean, that. The, the actual gore effects in this are, like, really effective and
0: gross. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. squibs are crazy. Right, right. Ooh, the way that, that when they bite, I guess they're. Jaws are so strong that your flesh is just tender and just yeah. peels, a, <laughs> peels apart like a just slow. I feel cooked, like you remember you I
3: down hard, something hard and your mouth hurts. So yeah, just, yeah. I feel like they don't have that pain. That's a life. good point. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, so yeah. They just they can it like I, just, I guess either one of us could do that. If, they go for if it if our teeth didn't hurt. They right say yeah. that we
0: have the same bite strength as a shark. They just got sharper teeth. Yeah, So well, we do knows? have the capability. You know, wow. so let's is, try and it out. Every once in a while, <laughs> in <the> news
3: on <laughs> Yahoo News or something. Let's just take nose some off. painkillers yeah, and try yeah. it out. You know? yeah. Yeah. One, yeah. one thing I kind of... Bat salts. Um, yeah, the, the, this, uh, this kind of just occurred to me. I don't know if it's anything or just me, whatever, region, I don't know. But um, the zombies, most of them were pretty much blue. Blue mm-hmm. gray, but blue. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that blue and then a rich red was a commentary on America and blue red. Oh wow. sure, yeah. yeah, yeah. I yeah. don't know. It, it could just be Tolkien's. I yeah, don't know. but just kind of. I like, like it. Hey, they were blue, you know. I like well, it.
0: Giving them a blue you know? tone gives gives them an otherness right, to them. Right. You know, like we, we, no matter how progressive you think you are, we react a certain way to people who look different than us. Right, right. And that is someone who looks different to everybody. Yeah, you know, it's interesting blue. too, and in how like all the zombies,
4: you know, have are different races, but they all have the same. Suddenly, they all have the same skin yeah. skin Even color. The uh, same skin well, they become blue. savages. Yeah. yeah, but but you can still kind of tell and make out like what race each person is just mm. from I don't know. It's just from how much they look like Lionel
0: Richie or not. <laughs> yeah. A lot of the zombies look yeah. like a Lionel of Richie. I guess or as Eric was LaSalle. the hairstyle at the time.
4: Yeah, <laughs> early Eric But LaSalle. it's interesting how. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's like in a way everyone's <laughs> united in our consumerism, but at the same time, you know, there is always that underlying. uh a category of race that, mm-hmm. that also we have there that kind of separates us too.
2: Yeah, he he yeah. kind of achieves that with like a lot of cultural signifiers, which maybe could be like it's own commentary itself. Yeah. And like, there's the, um, what do we keep calling him? The Hare Krishna, uh, the Hare uh,
4: Krishna punk rock dude. Yeah. With yeah. the Tambourine. Yeah. yeah. There's
2: like all these like
4: weird, there's that white dude, the, the white dude with the, um, with the sleeveless sweater yes, that, yeah. that keeps on coming around. Who yeah. mm-hmm. like, I think you that's know, almost he's like a prank been pried out of us. an armchair. Mm-hmm. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm.
0: Well, that's like the prank on us as a viewer, because at the end of the day, every single one of those zombies is the same fucking thing. Right. Yep. They're just a zombie, but we sit there and go, ah, that guy's a Hari Krishna guy. Yeah. Ah, that guy yep. looks like Lionel yep. Richie. Aga. Right. So we're like categorizing becomes, everybody. We're categorizing again. Yes, we're giving them we're an category. identity based on our own projections yes. right right yeah. you know yep. and it's like we call him a Hare Krishna because he has a tambourine and his head shaved but at that moment he's not a Hare Krishna right. he doesn't believe right. shit. exactly he's yeah. Yeah. Just, just a zombie
4: yeah. that's who he was yeah, yeah. exactly and uh, he he really does that um very well in, in land of the Dead uh there's all the zombies have these. There's like a clown zombie. Right, yeah. And there's like a zombie a with a guitar. Mechanics, yeah. zombie. Um, yeah. you know. There's a
0: John Leguizamo, yeah. zombie. <laughs> a John Leguizamo <laughs> zombie. A John Leguizamo <laughs> zombie. John Leguizamo oh. zombie. Beat me to it. <laughs> Damn you. We're on that page. We're on that page. <laughs> I think also, too, uh, I, Well, I, I wrote down a couple little touches here because I, I think one of the things that we're going to forget to talk about and we shouldn't is just the technical proficiency here. Oh, this yeah. Is a, uh, yeah. I love the editing. Yeah, it's the editing is really, really movie. tight. Well, there's one thing that you pointed out that I thought was really, really cool was in the, the ricocheting bullets. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a lot of him looking left and right panicked and the camera mirrors that yeah. or sometimes goes opposite that. And it's a, it's amazing how intuitive it is to to where my head is saying, point the camera that way. I want it to <laughs> yeah. look that way. And so it does, and it doesn't in a way that really, you know, a scene that could have been played for silliness uh-huh. ends up becoming pretty tense. Yes. And I think it has a lot to do with that camera work. Yeah, definitely. Well, especially because you've got the
2: I pointed out also the fucking like wily e. coyote. Right, right. Very cartoonish yes, effects. Yes. Like, yeah, there's like there are <laughs> things that are cartoonish about that, but the the way he uses the camera and the editing and the shadows makes the whole thing super tense, even in the midst of some of the sillier choices that are being made. Mm. It's just really effective.
0: also what made it really hit in Italy. Yeah, right. Because the way those shadows were layered are very much something out of Mm -hmm. like a Suspiria. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yep. I wrote down a, uh, a quote here that I thought was funny just because of where we're recording. Yeah. Um, At the very beginning, they're talking about you know where are we gonna where are we gonna set down and the guy says if it's anything like Philly we'll never get out alive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's just funny. Isn't, for isn't that our uh, town slogan? Yeah, yes, yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, uh, one of the little touches I thought was cool is at the at the beginning when they stop at uh, I guess it's just like a it's a gas station slash general store, right? And it's, it's, the, it's an airport. It's an, okay. It's an airport, yeah. and there's just a lot of notes on there that we have to assume are from people that are just. You know, uh, my husband went out to get to mm-hmm. get you know food. He didn't come back, but we got to get out of Dodge. So we're just leaving a note. And like the one note says, Joe headed towards Drucker's farm, Kathy, and that's it. And it's like they're just hoping to God that they'll make it, yep. that he'll make it, and that someone will see this. There's note. so much desperation. In a cool yeah. touch. Yeah. And that's something that I never. don't know. Really looked at before. Doing. Yeah, it's a total breakdown, and that's and that's.
4: Basically, what has gotten these four people together is right. they just happen to sort of be in the same place at the same time, mm-hmm. and and that's kind of a narrative. Those sort of accidental families is something is a common theme that runs through like pretty much every zombie movie or show or whatever. It's yeah, like these people just sort of thrown thrust together, and uh, but what do you guys think about these four? I, I think you know, uh, these four people are a really interesting group. And we we talked earlier about how how well their dynamics get established, like, even just within the first 20 minutes. That's what I was
2: just going to say. I think talking about craft and specifically the airport scene, what's so great about the airport scene is it's maybe a seven, eight-minute sequence in total. Uh, but it establishes who everybody is and their dynamics with each other. Yeah. We, we get the sort it also
0: of, allows us to get a guy's head cut in half by rotor blades. So yes, we'll just, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's wonderful. It still makes time for that. Yeah, one of the best scenes in the movie. Great makeup effects. Oh, yeah. But the,
2: you have like the all the dynamics get established here. You get the bromance between the two cops starts developing here. You find out that the pilot, who's dressed in leather and appears Fly to be the boy. big hero of the movie, Flyboy, is actually kind of a wimp that doesn't really know what he's doing. He's completely incompetent. Right. And you find out that uh, he's got this sort of pre-established relationship with the female that's at the heart of the movie. Like, you get all of these dynamic things between the characters established in basically a seven-minute sequence at an airport where ostensibly the only reason this exists is to show us them refueling. You know? Yeah. Uh, that is like What's good writing. Yeah, it's yeah. really smart
0: storytelling. One yeah. of the things that I really liked was uh so Peter is Ken, Ken Forey. Yes. Um Peter the black guy, he's in the airport and uh one of the zombies is in the doorway. All oh, right, yeah. And Steven uh Bumblefuck pi- uh, pilot, <laughs> he's you know getting ready to shoot and he shoots the zombie from behind and uh uh Peter has to dive out of the way. Right. And then that informs a future exchange because he trusts Roger with a gun. He doesn't trust Steven with a gun. Right. He's like, that guy almost took my head off. That guy almost killed me. And yeah. It's like it just. And and so whereas these two guys are kind of like bros, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, Steven's less alpha. Yes. But he also has the pilot skills. So right. He yeah. is so he's necessary. You yeah. 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 Then, of course, we come to actually we come to find later that Francine's pregnant and I thought I, I wrote down a line of hers. Um, they they start talking like, "Oh, she's pregnant." And the first thing that uh, Peter says is, "Well, you want to keep it mm-hmm. to to Stephen, right?" Yeah, because like, I know what to do. And then, much you wow, know, when they talk about not- it later. Uh, Francine says nobody cares about my vote, right? And that is in reference to you know the abortion, but into everything like yeah. they're making decisions around her. Yes, yeah. And so it adds like another layer to the thing. Yeah, she, she's
3: like, "What about Canada?" There's, I
0: guess, Hardenstein had.
3: Well, like before uh, they were going to, go to right. Canada, right. so that's just right. out the window, not happening. You yeah, know? but that's yeah.
4: interesting. How like she, you know, she points out that you know she is basically you know, useless in a way in terms of her. They've sort of turned her into a useless human being Yes. by kind of taking... They're not so much taking away her power as much as they're sort of treating her like, you know, a woman. She has no agency time. in yeah, that situation. Yeah. She, well, she knows it says agency. at the
0: beginning of that one scene, she's almost resigned to it immediately because she's like, eh, uh, I would have made breakfast but I don't have my pots and right. pans. And it's right. like, that was... That was less her making a joke and more of her just saying, like, give me something. Yeah. You know, like, give right, me right. something to do. I if, was, if what you expect me to do is make breakfast, I'll do it. But, like, I'm useful. I yeah. was thinking about
2: that at the end when she is pregnant and they have now built basically an apartment in the mm-hmm. ceiling of the uh, of the mall and she is just cooking for th- like by the end of the movie oh, yeah. Yeah. she has fulfilled the role that she almost sarcastically was like you fucking dicks like that's not what i'm
0: here when for but it comes down to the tv too yeah. where where steven who's ready to escape uh uh Domestic life as yep. they have it. He has the TV on static, and they're like, "Turn it off." And he's like, "It might come back on, right?" Because like he almost wants out, yeah. and she's turning it off. That's just like you wanted a home. We're making a home. Yeah, you know, like it, it's not coming back no. on. Let's, you know, yep. But we got refuses. a baby to prepare for. Yeah, I, I like that. Turn off.
4: Yeah. yeah sorry. No, you go ahead.
3: And I like that little bit where he's like, "What well, do you want to keep it?" I and mean, I get the thinking there, like, "Do you really want to bring a baby in this world?" Yeah. But the only mm-hmm. possible way, other than obviously killing these zombies to turn things around is to have more babies. You have to (laughs) have have more Create more life. Create more life. But it's almost like this this defeatist, like, we're going to lose. We're just kind of like go through emotions, make being comfortable, you know. Um, Probably should just abort the baby, you know. It's like, no, that's ultimately the last thing you want to do, but I get the thinking. Yeah, right, yeah. Uh, It's going to slow down our
0: little society, whereas, you know, as a whole, we do need it. But that's also, too, one of the things that I think adds to the group dynamic is that, one of the reasons they, they, they sort of baby her is that, you know, just the the somewhat lack of respect. Mm-hmm. But I think there is also that undercurrent of like she just symbolizes life. Yeah. yeah. You know, mm-hmm. she symbolizes the fertility that the world says is not there right, right. now. Yeah.
4: Kind of makes into a bit of a nativity story in a way.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh absolutely.
4: And it's interesting too though how she says she really wants to learn how to fly the helicopter. Yes. Right. And she says, like, well, what if you're not around right. later? Then who's gonna fly this helicopter? And I think, in to in some extent, she knows, like, like going what you were saying earlier, Garrett, about Flyboy being kind of careless and incompetent and kind of wimpy. Like, it's it's almost she, like she knows that she sort of sees what's coming in a way. She knows that he's kind of reckless and, well, he's imper- and very impermanent. impatient. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah exactly. And yeah. He's going to basically get himself killed, and when he does, you know, she's also might she's going kind of to have to figure out how to get things done because ultimately. That is also what like a mother's role is in a family. Right. It's like you get shit done when the men fuck up. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's like
3: an extension of the whole single mom um, Good point. The burden they, they feel, I think. Yeah. Well and that I think is
2: one of her best scenes in the movie is very crushing to watch, but it's like it is one of the only moments where she she you know, she has that moment where she's like, you're not giving me any agency. I need agency in this situation. Like, stop treating me like this. And then really the only scene where she does take any agency is when he proposes to her. And she's like, dude, you never would have done this if we didn't find ourselves in an apocalypse.
0: It's yeah. fake. Fucking no. And that also yeah. points to the thing that you pointed out, Andy, was that it 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 could be suggested that, like, you know, they're not married. This could have just been a fling. Yeah. He yeah. could have been at her house the night that this outbreak yep. happened. Right, right. And it was just like, fuck. It might have been an gotta, affair. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. when he shows nighter.
4: up to grab her, it doesn't seem like she's, she doesn't seem particularly relieved to see him. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And she or does she
3: expect it? Like, I'm going to be going out with, I'm going to be leaving this mess with him. Right, like, I right. don't think she saw him in the picture in a way. You know?
4: Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I imagine that obviously he knows that she was pregnant, and it seems like he probably showed up because it's just like, you know, maybe That's a biological what I'm duty to do what I'm yeah. supposed to do. Yeah, exactly.
0: I wanted to quote Louis again. Uh, just because we were talking about moms providing. Hmm. Uh, back before the election happened, he was on Conan and he did an interview where he was talking about how he supported Clinton. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, not because she's the first woman president, but because she would be the first mom president. Yeah. <laughs> and his reason was he was like, the best dad in the world. He's like, Conan, you're a dad, I'm a dad. Best dad in the world. Greatest dad ever can take pe- take care of uh, 10% of what you need. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. He's like, yeah. But a mom, he was like, the last conversation that you had that anyone had with their mom is like, mom i'll be fine yeah. enough yeah. stop yeah yeah uh, it's too much yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's yeah. really just a, i think you know you made the point Was it, it says a lot about the mom dynamic like, like the best
3: dad is the shittiest mom yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, you know what <laughs> i mean like uh, yeah. that level yeah. and know. yet
0: dads just congratulate themselves for like
4: when they do like you, like one-tenth of what well, they're supposed yeah. to they do well yeah. i took
3: yeah. them to hey, practice no, or, yeah. no
0: love lost to dads I No, you're dad. right. i got a good one i also got a good mom because so many times i'm on the phone and i'm like mom fuck off. My yeah, mom, yeah, no. Nah. Fuck off, I'm fine. <laughs> My mom asked me if I own
2: snow boots every <laughs> single time yeah. I talk to her. Yeah. yeah. Every
0: time. I'm like, Yes, yes, I fucking own boots. <laughs> yes, it's yes. now boots. Yeah, yeah. My mom wants to buy me everything. Like, th- this is my mom wants to make sure I've got food, everything she wants to send me, and I have to turn it down. My dad, when, when we moved in, he was just like, I built you a chair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He built me a chair, and it's great. I have yeah. a deck chair now. It's a fatherly now. gift. Yeah. But it was just like, oh, you built a chair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you have provided things. for my ass. Yeah, and my ass alone. <laughs> love <you>. the chair. <laughs> yeah. But here's the thing love the chair, mom. Bought a cushion for the chair. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Oh. love the cushion. Oh. Right? Yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. Dad sealed it so I could leave it out in the snow. Yeah, yeah. but uh, Mom made it sitable It's yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> well, one one thing that kind of occurred to me too with the whole um uh, dynamic with um I forget the what's the lady's name Francine and mm-hmm. Stephen um yeah if, if if you look at these types of movies everyone has that one skill like yes. you know, I mean uh the two uh, was it Peter and Roger mm-hmm. yeah. they're both you know they're they're the they're really yeah exactly exactly yep. you know uh there's there's different versions of the alpha male. Okay? Yeah, even though mm-hmm. I kind of think Peter is more for yeah. sure. Yes. Yeah, because he's the more level headed. Whatever. Yeah. What's uh, Steven's go? He's the pilot. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, now with her, she's actually in a way. I don't think she means to do it, but in a way, you could, she's kind of emasculating him. Like I'm taking away your value, but like, I want to oh, learn yeah. how to. Right. Pilot. That's certainly how he feels. So about now you're it. Yeah. less valuable. Yeah. Right. Got? And that's the only thing he has to offer. That's yep. really that. Yeah. That's his. That's his. Um. Yep. Card, yes, you know. So um his man card, yeah. <laughs> basically, you know. But, so I don't, I don't yeah. think she set out in the movie, nor do I think when they wrote it like she's going to do this to him. Like, but if you when it all fits together, I kind think of it adds more way. to the whole. Yeah. They're they're crumbling. Like Certainly. their little families, like at the very apart. least, the actor
2: that plays Stephen understands that that's what's happening.
3: Yeah, like, that is yeah. how he plays that whole right. He plays oh, it yeah.
4: perfect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, it's fascinating to see how he just, changes and how he when after Roger gets bit yeah. and becomes like. Basically, an invalid. Yeah, he, um, you know, uh, flyboy, whatever his name is, Stephen. <laughs> yeah, uh, he definitely rises in stature. His masculinity yes. right. grows. He kind of bulks up. Mm-hmm. He, him, and Peter starts to see him as a bit of an equal. Yep. Yeah, And uh, but then he kind he's of a bit
0: of a liability though too with yes. the, when the biker gang. Shows. Well, it's
4: that's ours, what I was say. Ours, yeah. he 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 throws it all away. He yeah. basically turns to shit, and he kind of reveals who he's been all along. Like, yeah, we sort of think that he's. Um, that he's gotten more intelligent, he's gotten smarter, he's gotten he's developed more perspective mm-hmm. about, you know, who he is and he's he's kinda gotten a little more confidence. But in the end, you kind of see, well, maybe he was just kind of acting that way because the situation demanded it. And, yeah, and the yeah, reality yeah. is is this is who it, he's kind of been all along. He's it's the same secure, protective and it's the same thing that happens with the proposal.
2: And and she knows it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which is he wouldn't make this proposal if yeah. we weren't in this situation he is acting this way because he thinks this is how he should yeah. act right now in this moment. Yeah. Not because it actually
0: comes from any natural place right. inside of him. Mm-hmm. He's you just know?
4: reacting to the situation. Right. Yeah. The yeah. It's, he's very reactionary. Right, yeah. Right, yeah.
0: I will right. say this. I bet Peter would have done the same thing. Had he still been alive when that gang showed up, he would have started a war too. Oh, you mean... Yeah. Uh, uh Not Peter. Roger. I'm sorry. Roger. Roger, Roger. Roger. Yeah. would have done yeah. the same oh, thing 100%. too. Because he also... He has like bloodlust, basically. Well, yeah, because he is also the same sort of insecure mm-hmm. in his madness... You know, he has that insecurity, but he's able to to uh I don't wanna say transcend it, but he's able to kind of tweak it to redefine it into aggression. Yeah. You know, whereas yeah. Stevens is more more Steven is more of like a hand hands off kind of thing. Yeah. And so when put in that situation of, you know, these guys are threatening this society we built, yeah. I think they both would have gone into the kill thing. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, uh uh, Peter does get there too. There's that awesome shot oh, where yeah. the last two bikers are leaving, and there are hordes of zombies, but he's got his sniper rifle on, you know, sidecar mm-hmm. Sally trying yeah. to, you know, take him out. Right. It's, uh, you know, that's it's
4: interesting because that's kind of the first like superfluous, unnecessary thing that Peter does in the entire movie. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. until a then, place of vengeance, because yeah. they're leaving anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like yeah. he he just right. let that guy go. But, yeah, but he decides to take him out, and but actually he doesn't. But he doesn't do a headshot. He does, he gets him in the shoulder. I imagine that was probably on purpose because he said earlier, like, you know, how, like, what's that line about the only guy who can miss a shot with this is the guy with the bread enough to buy it? You know, so, so he probably, I imagine that he meant to shoot him in the shoulder. Yeah. uh, So that he could get torn apart by a gang of zombies. Yeah. 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 He wanted him to suffer. But until then, his job is he is the one who has to fix everyone's mistakes. He is the one who has to pull everyone out of the bad situation that they've. You know, put themselves in because they've been completely because they're well. That's kind of the moment where he becomes
0: judge and jury because it's not just I'm going to clean up the problem; it's I'm going to dish out a punishment on top yeah. of yeah. it. Yeah. Which is another thing that happens in society. That is, I stand by. I think the biggest problem with the way we do everything in our society on on every level is we love revenge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even in the slightest way, it's not enough to to get to to you know level the playing field. It's I, I need I need to assert just a badge. little bit of dominance over you in, re- in revenge. Then we can level it. Yeah, oh, right. And that never, no. you know, it, it that cannot be fulfilled. It yeah. just goes mm-hmm. back and forth. And I think that's a commentary a little bit on that. Like in their society, he's the guy who's just crime fighting. He's just fixing problems. Mm-hmm. And then it gets to the point where it's like, well, I'm not just going to fix problems, but you got to think about what you've done. Yeah. You know, because now, now we just spent however long it took to clear out zombie bodies, right? And now they're all back in. Yeah. Right, Thanks, right. fuckos. <laughs> Um, I really want to end the review on
2: thanks,
4: fuckos. <laughs>
0: well, I'm sorry to do this to you. I wrote <laughs> down one more thing. I, I, uh, I just looked
4: out the window, by the way, and there was a helicopter with a searchlight flying overhead. Oh, that's uh, Philadelphia. That's a nightly
0: routine
2: in this neighborhood,
4: yeah. my friend. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, they're probably they be going to the Temple Hospital or who knows. It's, it's true. Just,
0: we are in North Philly. Yeah. Probably zombies. Yeah. Uh, one of the other lines that I wrote down was a line that showed up twice, and it meant something different each time. And so We're talking about the themes of, of this society that they built. Um when they're first hiding from the zombies in the mall, uh Peter says they're after the place. They don't care about us. Meaning the zombies don't want to eat us. They're just I mean they do, but you know, they're not they're not looking for us. They just want to be at the mall because they're gravitated to this. And then that comes back later when the bikers are showing up and they still think they can hide from me. He says they're after the place. They don't care about right. us. Hide. You don't just if you're not yeah. seen, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Yeah. And so it has a different weight each time. Mm-hmm. The first time is a comforting thing where it's like, listen, you know, they're they're just after this place. This place doesn't really have any value to us. We want to stay alive. Yeah. The second time around, it's you know they're after the place they don't care about us and it takes the 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 tone of they'll kill us just to have the mall yeah we have to protect it and keep ourselves hidden oh. mm-hmm. and it's amazing how much that flips just because they've built their own small yeah. three four person they've society. claimed ownership over something exactly it they've manifest little... destiny it yeah. and they're not willing to give it up yeah
4: it, it also kind of suggests that the zombies are less of a threat than the bikers yes the zombies they're just on that base instinct but yep. you know these bikers they're they might be out for revenge. I was going to say, they also have the capacity for vengeance. And because they don't like that they've taken this place away from them. They don't like that they're not sharing. They don't like that they're keeping it all for themselves. You You can generally
0: control a zombie because you know their motives 100% of the time. I was going to say, the Um, zombie
2: doesn't actually have the capacity for evil. No, We might see its actions as evil, Wild but, animals, yeah, right. but it has no capacity they're for agents evil. Of chaos, it whereas is. a human has the absolute capacity
0: for evil, and, and they're actually a weird agent of chaos because, like, when I think of agents of chaos, I think of like gremlins, right? Because yeah. they want to destroy, yeah, and but the don't want to destroy, it's just that their habits happen to be destructive, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. their motivation is just consume, yeah, uh-huh. you know, whereas the bikers. They clearly had the motivation of like we'll smash pies in people's faces <laughs> because fuck off. Yeah. You know, like they have they want actual yeah. you know mal intent. Yeah. and so that that's a scarier thing to control. Agreed.
3: Yeah. Uh, sort of unrelated, I guess. But have you have we has there ever been a scene in a zombie movie where the zombie got full, yeah. like where he just he can't <laughs> eat anymore? I actually would like to see that. That's a good question. No, like, uh, it'd be
2: cool to see a scene where a zombie because you know, hmm. the, like, depending on which zombie universe you're in, yeah. sometimes they just have like body parts hanging off and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A zombie with just like a clear hole in the stomach yeah, so you that you is constantly right out. eating, it just, and th- just <laughs> yeah, out yeah. Of yeah. Has yeah. To, that has to exist, right? That's, yeah. that's got to be in a movie somewhere. I feel like that's a thing, right? Yeah, yeah.
3: I don't know if I've ever seen it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love it. I f- I, or like a zombie, like, like, you see a zombie at the beginning of a movie later on, it's the same zombie. But he's fatter? <laughs> yeah, 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 Like, yeah, oh, yeah. he put 40 pounds on. And <laughs> like Tim Tim
4: Allen and the Santa
0: Claus. <laughs> yeah. 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 Actually, so, one of my favorite things I about Return of the Living Dead. I think it would be a funny short the film. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. Write yeah, it up. Yeah, there you go. One of my favorite aspects of Return of the Living Dead is they actually explain the why of eating. Oh, right. They, well, they eat specifically brains. Right. Yeah. It's not just flesh. They eat brains. brains. And the one zombie that they have tied up uh, says that it, lady, hurt, right? it hurts to be dead. Oh, right. Yeah. And eating brains stops the pain. Yep. And like that... You know that's that certainly answers that. That's almost a commentary whereas, on like, drugs and stuff. Like, yes, yeah, oh, exactly. for sure. Yeah, yeah. That's a Dan O'Bannon movie. movie. It for oh, sure yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I love that as now that of course yeah. doesn't apply here, but I love that aspect of it where it's just it's not even a matter of of survival. It's just dull that pain, dull what, that pain. Which
3: Return of the Living Dead was it? Whereas uh, more Cops was it one or two? Oh, that was one. One, yeah. Okay. yeah. I love that part. More <laughs> cops. <Cubs. laughs> oh, so yeah. Great.
4: I wasn't as into that. I mean, I need to They're see fun. it again. Oh, yeah. I. It's just love pure. It's living pure dead. fun. Yes. 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 Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I have always, always seen one or two. I
0: would say that's the dawn of the fast zombie. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Speaking of which,
4: yeah. I, I mean, the, the the remake of this movie, the um, dawn of the quick and the dead. Yeah. You know. Oh. <laughs> oh, I like it. I, I mean, I, I definitely, to an extent. Faster zombies are scarier. Yes, right. And and I know there's a whole like slow zombies versus fast zombies debate, but you know I I think they each are different and have their own merits. But but I, I remember the first time I saw this movie, I this uh, 1978 one, I didn't really like it very much because I was comparing it to the 2004 one, which I saw first, mm-hmm. and I remember thinking, you know, well obviously fast zombies are terrifying, and uh, you know Jesus Christ, like I wouldn't be able to outrun them. I just, just that's it, boom. Yeah, and just yeah. the pure violence and rage on display there. Um, but it took me a while. It took me a couple of watches of this one to understand, you know, the the point of slow zombies. Obviously, one is no threat, but it's when they're all in a crowd and, you know, they're coming and,
3: you know, yeah, they, turn your back for a second. Yeah, you turn is, your back so. for a
4: second, mm-hmm. one bite and boom, you're done.
3: What's that you thing know? in um, the movie that follows? I think it works so well. It's like that right. inevitability. It's yeah, gonna yeah, be there. Yeah, yeah. It's coming. Mm-hmm. Yes, at its own time, it's gonna be there. You the know, yeah. there's You'll a be certainty. surrounded to by a horde. It. Yeah, there's at some a some c- point. exactly. There's a certainty to it, and um, you end up becoming complacent. I guess. I guess to the threat. So mm-hmm. I, I do feel. I mean, I, I like both running zombies and slow Me too. zombies. But I, I think, think the trade off you know get
0: with fast zombies is that you have you then can create situations where the characters have to make hair trigger decisions. Right. Right. Which is a different type of fear. Right. Right. Yes, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's
3: true. Um. But um. I think just because I grew up on the. The slow zombie, yeah, I'll always like that better. But you know, I I don't know if, if I was making a zombie movie, I don't know which one I'd pick. Be honest mm-hmm. with yeah. you, know. it kind of depends on what. Um, I think with this whole the whole, this whole uh, theme of like consumerism, one whatnot, the whole being like cattle, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. the slow works. Oh, yes. yeah, 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 I think the the remake, while I think it was very solid, and was good as entertaining. Kind of missed the point a little bit. To a degree, I would say and the, that a the bit.
2: remake yeah. certainly sucks the. Or uh, my impression of it is it, it I it's very entertaining and I like that movie yeah, a lot yeah. actually, but it sucks the social commentary out of it. I think. Yeah. yeah. They well, say it in the
4: script. They kind of like they throw the lines in there just so you it, know. Yeah. But but honestly, thematically and the way and that structure. It really doesn't. It, it doesn't. Uh, it's not interested It's a straight on, survival movie. Yeah. It's not interested in exactly. interesting,
0: in introducing anything new thematically. Right. Yeah. And therefore, like, the ground has been covered better already. So yes. Right, right. They're, they're more just trying to, you know, update
3: the brand. Right. Yeah. And that's why so I think it that works that so well. They, know they, that. they I don't they they even don't, think they it don't, hurts the movie. That no, you're, they, right. you're right. right. Yeah. I don't think they're trying to be something they're not. They know what this is they fan zombie's the beginning sequence of the, the remake is awesome. Oh, oh I I yeah, it's so unreal. Yeah. 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 Unreal. Um so and I think the characters generally work not that you know we're going to talk too much I guess about the movie but um yeah I I think uh, it was just fun. It was more for yeah. fun, you know. Whereas this one um, I feel like you can write a scholarly paper mm-hmm. on Romero's yes. movie oh, or yeah, Snyder's yeah. uh you probably can't. I would know? say that movie you could but you'd have to do it about it'd be more how it for relates a film to class. the original yes. one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. It's surprising
2: I'm going to say this about a Snyder movie. Now that I think about it, but I think what he probably adds to it is, is actual like character drama, yeah. uh, and, and and takes away some of the uh, social commentary.
3: You know yeah. what I mean? He also sort of a trade of Matt, off, Matt yeah.
0: Fruer, yeah. who I love. Oh yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <I, I laughs> Matt really Fruer, was, uh, he's uh, Max Headroom. Uh, oh yeah, 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 he's yeah, yeah. The yeah. neighbor yeah. in Honey yeah, I yeah, he was the good. Kids. Yeah, he had the daughter.
3: Did he have a daughter now? Yeah, he, he had the daughter. Right, right,
0: and yeah. He yeah, also added a, the, uh, well. This is obviously a James Gunn edition. Uh, zombie baby. Yes. Oh. <laughs> well, that <laughs> was, was a great scene. I was yeah. thinking about
2: that while we were watching this. That he essentially just flip flops those characters. The yeah. pregnant woman is not caring for the dying person. The pregnant woman is the dying person. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. The zombie. Yeah. A zombie zombie baby. baby.
0: Well, they and they also do the thing where. You know the uh, they can't bring themselves to kill Matt Fruer who's been bitten. Yeah, but they do make the deal like as soon as you turn, we're yep. gonna do it. And so he's just hanging out with his daughter who just wants like the last yeah. little bit with dad before yeah. he becomes you know zombie Fruer monster. Yeah. Mm.
4: It was actually the first um, R rated movie that I saw in theaters like without my without a parent. mom was Kill Bill Ooh. Volume 1,
2: baby. I don't 2003.
4: know. 2003 was. Oh, X- no, actually, I think four. Yeah. I think my was, was Die the Hard Avengers. Oh, nice. awesome. Oh,
0: Die Hard with the vengeance Dude, That's yeah, yeah, my mom that's let me take the
3: bus one. to Mall by myself. Me that's and my brother, cool. a couple yes. friends. Was that was, rivals. I
2: took my sister to see Kill Bill Volume 1. I was like, I'm 17. I can buy my own ticket to an R rated movie. You're 15. Let's do this thing. I feel old, man. I feel old. Yeah.
3: Up there. 2004, uh, I was a year out of film school. Yeah, <laughs> yeah two thousand and four I was
0: two years out of high school. Yeah. I was a junior. Oh man. Where, where 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 were you into
4: this? I graduated. I, I saw this. This came out like two months before I graduated from high school. Okay. So okay. I remember going to Wheaton Plaza. Shout out to Maryland listeners out there. <laughs> uh, I saw this at Wheaton Plaza with my friend Paul Joyner. Hey, Paul. And it was so hey, fun. I just remember that scene where he, you know, sticks the takes the broken croquet mallet or whatever mm. and just impales that zombie in the mm-hmm. head. And I was oh, just, yes. we were just like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> well, what's that one guy's so fun. name? I think
0: it's Jake Weber. <laughs> Jake He's Weber, yeah. He's another like because that, that was one thing I wrote in my notes about this Dawn of the Dead is it stars nobody yeah, yeah. like nobody these people who's are last. just There's people. a lot of recognizable people to remake. all of their filmographies right. are just other Romero movies a couple of them made cameos as zombies Tom in, in Dawn of the Dead is the most recognizable yeah. person in this movie <laughs> and he's recognizable <laughs> he's the star because yeah. he was in this movie exactly yeah. 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 same with Ken Foree he's recognizable yeah. because he was in this movie because he was Keenan's dad on Keenan yeah. and Kel and. uh but I think Jake Weber totally represents that type of actor yes. in uh, yeah. in the new one. It's yes. like he's just plain Jane, but not you know not Tom Jane.
3: <laughs> there was oh, a man. scene where we were watching it earlier where um they're moving the trucks to block the entrances yes. and whatnot, And Dan made it kind of made it a joke about uh he was kind of half expecting the music to be the 18 music, right? right. Yeah. and it got me thinking like because we we start talking about how. Uh we like action movies and whatnot where they go to the ammo depot or whatever, you know, whatever. oh yeah, the arm The arm, armory and yeah. stuff like that, and they like, get arm themselves. They get they always have that one cool Gatling gun or whatever. <laughs> and like the like Commando has a great scene, yeah. tremors, whatnot. Um, and um and it reminded me of the the remake. They did had that scene of the A Team where, you know, the A Team one of the things I always looked forward to in the A Team was them the montage of them building something. Oh yeah. Like mm-hmm. the lettuce shooter or whatever. You know, yeah. And the, the Snyder's version had the thing where they built the cool bus with the chainsaw oh, yeah. sticking out. Yeah. I love that. That's part. awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, um, not that this movie needed it, but uh, yeah, I was very happy. Yeah, with he that. Mad
2: Maxes the finale. Yeah, yeah, It was
3: really cool. Yeah, good old Vin Rams. Very bleak ending in that one. This one is uh, there's somewhat uh, of a whole ending, but but they also say they don't have a lot of fuel, so you feel like they're not going to make it to another mall or anything. Right. Yeah. So yeah. who knows, <laughs> or an island?
2: Yeah, I think. I mean. I, I yeah I don't know I, I feel like the ending is pretty fulfilling because the ending to me feels like the resolution at the mall more than it does the actual end you know right, like right. The, that final scene of like taking off is not quite the same uh, grab a uh, cup <laughs> <That's all> right, <laughs> yeah do yeah. it yeah get get in on some vino here boys yeah I don't know the ending to me feels like the climax at the mall mm-hmm. and then that's almost like the denouement of them like you know taking off in the helicopter right, right, right. um
3: you can almost s- say this whole mall so it thing still is like feels satisfying even or, though
2: yeah, yeah, it still feels satisfying, even though that ending yeah. is is pretty open and not um you know uh hopeful maybe or or you could read it either way right you right know? depending on your outlook, it could either be a pessimistic or a hopeful ending.
3: I think a lot of more of the modern zombie movies they like to have like a like an ending, like the problem solved, or the, or where we're we're getting the upper hand again, you know. I don't particularly like that, you know. I know they're doing another War World War Z, yes. Uh, um, and I mean, the whole point of that book is, you know, it has the ten. It's like that ten years after yeah. the war, yeah, yeah. so it does. We it's do like oral history. yeah. yeah but yeah. The, the movie, they they definitely have the upper hand again. Yeah, yeah. at the end, they they figured out what kind of what's going on. Right. Or yeah. Or yeah. Have yeah. Kind they have like it. a, a yeah, solution exactly, method. more yeah. or less. You know. So I'm kind of wondering now with the sequel. What are they going to do? Yeah. <laughs> I hope they
0: do this one thing that I've always joked, but I, I would actually legitimately like to see in a zombie movie. And they sort of touch upon it in World War Z. The book is the idea, like, if a zombie attack happened and we won and we eradicated all the zombies, it, the the whole idea of just being like, well, we won, but... um. Zombies are actually a thing now, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. I have to live in a world and live a life where I know that that's always a possibility. Yeah. That yeah. is so. Fu- that's funny, but it's like fucked up. That, that's <laughs> uh, I never saw it, but I, I
2: always got the impression that's what that movie Fido was about.
4: Has
0: Fido was ever fun. Ever I
3: actually Fido? want to rewatch that. Is yeah. that
4: I always thought that was like an? Is that not sound like an Irish zombie movie? Is it? Well, Billy Connolly plays <laughs> yeah, the it main might be. zombie. Yeah, it might be. Yeah. I always liked. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, so the ending. Yes. Um, the one thing I think the thing that really stands out to me, I know Romero likes to kind of put on a, uh, you know, like the end of night of the living dead, you know, the main character who's black, a black man is like killed by a bunch of, you know, white country guys, you know? yeah. and he was like, ah, eh, just, you know, I chose him because he was the best actor. Not right? Yeah, he's always tried he's to black. distance
2: himself from that social I commentary. I mean, come on! Like, oh yeah, how do you not? Oh, yeah. How are
4: you at least? Even the if fucking it's,
2: graveyard just has a big American flag waving yeah. over it. How at do The beginning you not of the movie, like it's, do that. yeah, and,
0: it's almost one of those things too. Mm-hmm. Like even the guy who wrote Invasion of the Body Snatchers was like, that wasn't about communism. Right. Yeah, it had nothing yeah. to do with it. But at the same time, it's like, but but he he said something to the effect of like, it wasn't about communism. But when you write horror. You tend to tap into what's scary at the time. Yeah. So was it informed by communism subconsciously? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So well, like, I think
4: uh, with this one, the two surviving people in the end are, are you know, Peter, oh, who's a black yeah. man, mm-hmm. and a white woman. woman. Mm-hmm. She was about to have a child. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I think that that's like the happy ending of the movie is like yeah. a little bit of like maybe some racial progress that has yeah. been yeah. made. Yeah. yeah. That's especially like the one silver lining of the movie. And obviously, it's you know, it was especially a, a taboo thing at the time and. Still, obviously, carries plenty of stigma. Yeah, but yeah. Like, there's hope in the stigma, elimination of hope, the toxic
0: yeah. man and the weak man. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Well, and it's a
2: it's a nice bookend to the beginning of the movie where we watch a bunch of white cops, you know, yep. uh, uh, unceremoniously murder uh, pretty vocally a bunch people. of helpless black people, yeah. uh, and who are only say Puerto by Ricans. The, and by the way, I we didn't really say this out loud as we were watching it, but I was pretty impressed with this idea that uh, Peter. Is the cop that murders the the manic white cop?
4: And the reason why they why Peter knows he can trust Roger, yes, is because Roger saw what happened, and Roger said he's not going to tell anybody. Yep. yep. Yeah. And so it's like Roger knew that that cop needed to go. Yes. And he's not going to. He's not going to stand up against and, what Peter did.
2: Right. And that's what I love about their little bromance that develops, is it sort of develops like, yeah. out of this solidarity. Yes. And right, this right, like, right, weird right. mutual I respect. I got your back. You got mine. Yeah. My yeah. Uh, but a mutual respect that comes very specifically from a, a, a black guy doing something that he felt like he needed to do because he was, you know, even though mm. he is also police, he's watching his fellow police kill his yeah. fellow man yeah. th- that are truly like his fellow man. Yeah. Right. Uh, But then he also sees another white cop recognize what actually happened there and his yeah. sympathy went with what he would consider the right side of it. Right, so, right, right, know, right. It's a, it's, it's, yeah. very, it's a fascinating dynamic to watch yeah. unfold.
4: It's like a, a friendship based in like anti-racism.
2: Yeah, 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 exactly. Right. Yeah. Against police brutality. Yes. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's really interesting. And really cool for the time, too. Yeah. Again, it's like you know, yeah. 1978. know, like, wasn't common. That feels like something that's so current, and this movie's 50 years old. <laughs> you yeah.
0: Know? Oh, wow, that's yeah. 50 years ago. Right? Know, Isn't no, it? 1978. 78 so like... 40, 40, 40, yeah, yeah. 40. But here's something, Close. according to the Wikipedia <laughs> thing The original ending of the screenplay Peter and Francine were going to kill themselves oh. Peter was going to shoot himself And Fran was going to stick her head into the path of the helicopter blades cool. And the, <laughs> the ending credits would actually end over the helicopter blades Running out of gas Whoa. Implying that they would not have made it Yeah, But they decided Dark. not to do that But uh, here's a really crazy piece of trivia That I think is kind of awesome Apparently, the actors who played Francine refused to scream. And when Romero said about that. "scream," she said, "No, that weakens the character." And he never asked again because he knew she was right. I Man. was yeah. literally
2: thinking about that yeah. when she was climbing the ladder in the beginning. Never screams, and, and the zombie is coming after her, and she is shown afterwards to be totally broken up by this, yeah. and like really terrified and transformed by this whole experience. Even the guy says
0: she she looks. She yeah. broke,
2: yeah. yeah, and and the whole time I was oh. thinking, if it really breaks her, why isn't she screaming? I love that
0: actually, because people don't scream right. really. Yes. that's just something we yeah. make people do in horror movies. Oh, I like, right. I like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a, and it's funny too, because like when women scream in horror movies, it seems normal to me. In uh, Freddy Part Two, where yeah. the dude screams, I'm like, who screams? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then I realize, like, oh, no one screams. I've just been programmed construct. to think that, yeah. that you know yeah. the women scream in movies because a, a scream, scream looks good. You know, it's, yeah. it looks good in a uh, in a horror setting. Yeah. That's funny. But yeah, apparently it says that she refused I to do I love that. That's so, great. Um,
3: good call. She
0: felt that Francine was a strong female character, and if she screamed, it would be lost. She told this to George Romero once when he told her to scream, and he never asked her again. That's great. That's cool. I love it. Should we get into those horror movie locations? I think, I think so. I'm yeah. going to hit
2: the bathrooms. Why don't you guys uh, why don't you introduce the right, segment I'll and I'll get us kicked off?
0: So what we're doing for uh, the list for this episode is... So many cool things came out of the idea of a shopping mall being used as the setting for a horror movie. And it seems atypical in hindsight, ends up becoming iconic. And for the reasons that we've been talking about for the last hour and a half or so, um, a lot of thematic weight came out of the setting. So what we have decided to do is rank our top five favorite horror movie settings. And so we can use them as a way to open up a discussion about setting on horror. Um, I guess before we get started, since we do have to wait for Garrett to come back from taking a taking a peepee, um we don't <laughs> know it's a pee-pee. Yeah, uh-uh. it could be too. Which, assume. in which case, there's going to be a lot of filler here. He's trying to keep quiet. He's trying, he's trying <laughs> to keep well, this quiet. we are
4: talking about the second movie, number two, that? Dawn
0: of the Dead. Oh yeah, we are talking about so number two. Yeah. But I, I think. Generally speaking, setting is a hugely important thing for horror movies yeah. to the point yeah. where it's often the title of the horror movie. Yeah, a House That's on a good Haunted point. Hill, um, the
4: Telegraph the House on Telegraph Hill. Uh, yep, the Amity- mm-hmm. Amityville Horror.
0: Yep, fourteen oh eight. Right. You know things like that, and so I don't know, like what what aspects of a setting do you guys feel is is what fuels horror?
4: Well, I certainly think like you know commonplace things um you know horror is a genre that is really about what we see and know every day but illuminates like certain underlying Sorry. aspects of it that are truly terrifying that we
0: that i think psycho like is a classic see. example yeah. of mm-hmm. a, a shower is a place where up until psycho happened we're we feel safe and comfortable yeah. because it is a thing of comfort private and, yeah. and then they turned it yeah. into like Oh, but you're actually very exposed when you shower. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so it tapped into a fear and created an iconic scene. Yeah. Same
4: thing with swimming in Jaws, like yes. the ocean. Like, yeah. I mean, don't tell me every time you go to the beach you go in the ocean, there's always you always think, well, I don't know what's underneath this. Well, I don't know what's under there. Got gotcha you beat
0: there. <laughs> I hate the beach so much that I don't go. But there you go. <laughs> Boom. Fucking hate yeah. it. I love it. Ugh, <laughs> I hate the beach. <laughs> I love the beach, too. I hate it. I'm on the center of a towel under an umbrella. Reading a book, like doing everything to just make sure that every piece of me. Do you like the water? You don't like firm. going to water at all, or um, you're a pool guy. Really. You're a pool guy. I'm a pool guy. Uh, I I'm very heavily phobic of of sea creatures and okay. fish. I go, you know, and the thing is, I'll go. Yeah, I'll go in the ocean, but I really, d- I they're monsters. <laughs> they're, they're like they're like. I mean, you're an air home. There's a reason why <laughs> you're H.P. Lovecraft's characters are all very sea-like, right? Yes. right. because pulling a fish out of water into our world would be like someone just pulling us into space or someone just pulling us into water. It's completely <laughs> uninhabitable by us. Right. Now. And tentacled beasts live there. And uh, But <laughs> I, honestly, that second, I just hate sand. Sand stresses me the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> too many it Gets in everything there's too many pe- and i have like That's a lot of sad. folds and creases in my body as that do I, don't, <laughs> I don't i don't want to think about and then when they're filled with sand and i'm like scooping it out with a pen yeah. it's oh you're the single
2: audience member that relates to anakin skywalker and attack of the clones hate sand. <laughs> i'm not gonna say i relate
4: to
3: him <laughs> but i do hate sand <laughs> <laughs>
4: what about you evo what do you what do you think
3: uh i i think a lot of times um like you, you guys touched on like the titles and whatnot you know but um Several of the like several iconic scenes are, uh, because of the setting. Mm-hmm. Like um, uh, one, well, yeah, I have a I have a list of like thirty here. Yeah, so, so I, I'm wait. gonna pick like five. Yeah, but one of the ones I have here is um the others. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. to me is a very creepy movie. It's very effective. Who uh, did the Alejandro in a bar thing? He yeah. um I thought he did really well. I, I like the um I mean that's just a, just an old house in the Isle of Jersey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and um. If you haven't seen, I'm not going to spoil anything because there's like kind of like two twist endings. You know, what was uh, this again? I'm sorry, the others. But um, oh, Nicole, okay. but I feel like um, I like that movie. Mm-hmm. Like, one of the things, the kids had that uh, allergy to sunlight. Oh, right. You know? yes. But this house was this old house. Windows everywhere. Huge windows, you know? So I feel like, like there was a threat to these kids. Not only the potential, is there a ghost in the house or right. ghosts? Right, right. You know, plus you have these strange people coming into work. Right. Three, you know, The setting itself yeah. becomes its own. Ex-
2: yeah. In a way, a threat, yeah. in a way. Mm-hmm. you know. So thing, I feel yeah, like... I don't remember if, how it all shakes out.
3: Uh, I really like that movie. That's the only movie I've ever seen in a theater where I literally jumped up. I was like oh shit <laughs> and uh yeah I, it was the scene where the lady opens a closet it's all you know the... Set-
4: setting is so yeah. crucial i mean can you guys think of like a horror movie that you like that doesn't have like a very iconic or memorable location mm.
2: right i was tra- i was actually as i was going through a list today of like horror movies i've seen to figure yeah, out which I mean, ones yeah. I would pull scenes from i was mm. like I could apply this to every single fucking movie
4: yeah. on this list. It's just yeah. which ones do you like? You yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah.
3: there's always like the 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 ones that everybody would have on our list: Overlook Hotel. Yeah, right. um, yes. Honorable
4: mention. Yep. Yeah,
3: you know uh, the ships an Alien or Aliens. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. honorable um, mention because yep. th- you know. um I think Rosemary's Baby uh, was it Bamford, the Dakota. I, the Dakota, uh, that's what it was. But the real I, building, the is the the Dakota, cut oh, that pardon. out of number five oh, on really? my list. Uh, was uh,
0: Rosemary's, well, because Rosemary's okay. Baby is interesting to me because what it makes scary is not any specific place; it's the idea of home. Right, yeah. right, right, exactly. And then, you know, and, and, but I mean, that's standard with with you know anything that's Ira Levin inspired is yeah, just, yeah. Uh, w- you know, and very much with with Get Out. We talked oh, about yeah. it last time where it's just. You know something's up, but you can't prove it because everything looks like home.
3: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like so I think there's like these iconic settings, um based motel also, but that's also in his mind too. Like I think you mentioned like you, when we were talking about lists, Ah, lists. we were thinking about something a little bit different. Really, I got, I got, I got, yeah. Um but um oh side note about the whole Rosemary's baby thing. Um I didn't know this until uh I was reading something about the movie about a year ago. That's where Lennon got shot. That yes. hotel? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'm like I did not know that. It's kind of crazy. Which
4: is fascinating in terms of like that's a movie that came out like at the end of the 60s and mm-hmm. you know, I from what I understand really kind of shook American culture to a certain extent. Yeah. But, and uh, you know, it in a way like that total cynicism, that total cynical ending that it has sort of, you know, signals a bit of the end of that of the 60s and like the beginning of the 70s and what does that even more than you know? John yeah, yeah, getting killed. Right, right, <laughs> exactly. yeah, yeah, right, yeah, exactly. I had that thought. I know. Um, Casavetti's
3: Cass- uh, well. uh, autobiography is a Casavetti's. Casavetti's a really good read if you ever get a chance. Yeah, it's basically him speaking, and then the whoever compiled all these interviews, yeah. kind of like correcting what he said in a way like well when he said this he probably meant this. you know whatever it's mm. actually a really interesting He's book drunk very <laughs> thick but it's a really mm-hmm. good book but yeah. uh he hated rosemary baby <laughs> he did uh, not care know. for it well you know, he, he he did it he was... to <laughs>
4: finance his movies yeah exactly yeah, yeah. but yeah.
3: um but uh, yeah I, th- I i you know to go back to your question dan um
4: i can't believe he hated that I mean, yeah he didn't care for the movie. masterpiece <laughs> um, but uh <laughs> he, he was it's, a dick it's, it's, though i mean yeah a genius yeah
3: yeah that's what they say um but yeah with the location like it uh, the just the structure of it lends itself to iconic or very scary moments in the film. Yeah, you know, and um, I think one of the scary scenes in um, the others was uh, when the children, you know, they have to keep the curtains closed because they're, they're light allergy, and they keep getting opened, mm. and the kids are like, it's very tense, and it's it's, it's just they're they're holding a shot on a kid uh, laying in bed, and then all of a sudden in the background, out of out of focus, you see the curtains open again. You're like, holy shit. And all of a sudden, you see a hand come in the frame touch the kid's face, but that whole scene um you know like I said, like the entire movie or you're seeing these windows getting opened or whatever I just think like um that's that's one location that like always stuck 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 uh stuck out for me like uh how it lends itself to these really key scares in the movie, yeah um the fact that this the room is structured in such a way you know yeah
2: it's a good Absolutely. start
0: hmm. what's yeah, everybody else um, got all right well so let's do this so I, I
3: think we should, should we probably do, should get through, do these, through these somewhat yeah, quick yeah we'll go around robin. hit them fast
0: so number five and i'm sure this shows up on somebody else's list although i kind of cleared this out here since i knocked out rosemary's baby which is funny, too, because with Rosemary's Baby along the lines of home becoming horror, mm-hmm. I, I also had child's play on there. Oh, yeah. In the yeah. But right. at number five, uh, the the uh, base in The Thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And yep. What I love about Absolutely. this is that, yeah, and what's so cool about it, because you said this, Garrett, is like, put down a piece of paper, I'll draw it for I'll you. I'll draw it. I know exactly so, every hallway, yeah. what room goes exactly. where. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And so in a way that it's designed, it's great for scares of a monster coming around mm-hmm. the corner. Mm-hmm. But what I like about it is it's... Uh, it adds another level to the the weight of what's going on in terms of mm. we are trapped here and it is unlivable outside of the base. Yeah. In the base though, there's a monster
3: becoming increasingly unlivable. Uh, but
0: yeah, uh. and so it's be but it's it's ever so slightly more livable than outside where it's just not habitable for humans, but at the same time, it's the perfect environment to preserve this monster. Yep. So not only do we have to survive, but it's our duty to kill it. Yeah. And then get home. Yeah, and so like by by having that setting there, you can have your cake and eat it too. Where there's all of this, you know, all of this great plot-heavy stuff, but then the design of it's just in a way that you can creep around a corner and blah, spider monster. Wow. Yeah. So the thing is, my number five. That's a great locale. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
2: I'll make my (laughs) number five a Day of the Dead. Actually. Mm I think the military, the underground military bunker is one of my favorite horror settings. And I said this to you guys before, but just so the audience hears it, specifically for this reason, because to me, this is one of the most horrifying ideas in any horror movie I've ever seen. The idea of being underground where above you, every inch of the surface is covered by undead bodies that are just moaning in pain. So your soundtrack to your life Every day 24/7 is the sound of dead people in constant pain. Mm-hmm. That is terrifying to me. And I think and like regardless of all the other cool things that uh uh that kind of set piece has, like that whole set in that movie is really awesome actually I think. Like all of the little nooks and crannies of that underground base are interesting and cool. Just the concept of being underneath this constant sound of pain and suffering is Terrifying to me in a way that nothing else is in a horror movie. Uh, so that setting I I think like really works for me.
0: Mm. Nice, nice. What do you got, Evo?
3: Um, The Grocery Store in the Mist. I love it. That's That's on my list too. You just knocked one off
2: for me. That's no, that's perfect. Yeah, I I think
3: that's so good. So I think it's very hard to write a movie set in one spot, yeah. Um, but horror movies you seem to see, you see a lot of that, yeah. Other genres you don't see, I mean, maybe like 12 Angry Man or something, yeah. yeah, yeah, That's really one spot, just a room, but um. Uh, horror, I think it t- lends itself more to that one location thing. Yeah. Okay. And then you just like, you just dive into like the, the nuts and bolts of the whole place. Um, now with the mist, it's a little bit of a cheat cause they go a couple places, at sure. one point to see the and mm-hmm. they realize, oh the, scale go to the pharmacy problem. and stuff yeah right right
0: the, 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 that's actually a beautiful thing that they do by having a grocery store mm-hmm. you can have that awesome loading dock sequence yes. exactly you exactly know, that's a really great in a vacuum horse that's a great horse yes. yeah you're right
2: you're yeah. right and specific to that location mm-hmm. like that doesn't happen also, in any other in the world, setting the yeah. glass yeah. storefront yes. that is a
3: hugely cool thing that they yeah it's so do vulnerable different things yeah yes. but the advantage oh is God. you can see everything coming at you yes. more or less but i like that they didn't really see when the, all the bugs and all that. You know, the, yeah. Uh, yeah, they didn't really see it coming because you had the mist. Because of the mist, know? so that the mist itself took away the advantage of having yeah. a whole wall that's just clear. You mm. know, um, so yeah, that would be one of my. Uh, that's all my list. That's um, great. I think too that's similar to the thing in that at
0: least after we get like midway through the second act where it becomes confirmed that there's something in the mist, right? Yeah. right. Uh, we have the similar thing to the thing where it's like. We know outside is completely uninhabitable. Yeah. And inside is only slightly more yes. yeah. inhabitable. Yeah. The people yeah. that become like the, the, the. They become the, the monsters. Yeah. This yeah. is only better by a margin. Yeah. 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 We got to take it. Yeah. Andy, what do you got?
4: My number five is the village. Oh, oh yeah. I love it. Of Covington. It's called a town. I had to look it up today. It's called Covington mm-hmm. in Pennsylvania.
0: Oh, okay, right? I, was gonna say, I was born in Covington, Kentucky. Oh, really? In yep, a small Kentucky village. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Not a small village. Just a regular suburban town. But it's a uh,
4: small village where the townspeople live, led by Edward Walker, played by William Hurt in the film, and, and his daughter, Ivy, played by Bryce Dallas Howard, and her love interest, Lucius Hunt, played by Joaquin Phoenix. Those are just some of the people. Living in this town, which was um, uh, filmed on a set that was built in a in a big field in Chadsford, PA. So obviously a local film, just like mm-hmm. every M Night Shyamalan film, mm-hmm, pretty yeah. much. And uh, what I love about the setting, um, and my general rule, I, I found that most of the movies that I chose, not only did I find them like you know an interesting space aesthetically, but also they had a real emotional pull for me. Like mm-hmm. w- when I think about the movie, you know, it's the place that comes to mind for me. Yeah, a- and. And right from the very beginning, you know, this, this town uh, in this field, you know, in just surrounded by woods on all sides, it's it's just a – it's an incredible setting. It's, it's very beautifully shot by Roger Deakins, the cinematographer, and, you know, shot in uh, sort of that little space of time where fall turns into winter and mm-hmm. the leaves are pretty much mostly off. And to me, it just is like the prime, you know, mid-Atlantic
0: – kind of mm-hmm. fall right. movie, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and when that and movie's trying to be scary, yeah. it's scary, oh, yeah. it's no, scary. You're right. there's it's largely effective. I yeah. know that movie yeah. the yeah. sounds emanating
3: yeah. from the woods yep. of right, those right. we
4: don't speak of. I mean I mean it's a movie where the the horror in that movie to me is, is all based in that sort of negative space of just that setting. You know, mm-hmm. I, growing up in the mid Atlantic Seeing movies like the Blair Witch Project, you know, when we go, yeah, you go camping. We we yep. we fear the woods. Oh yeah. you know? yeah, We're yeah. we f- the woods are creepy. Mm-hmm. You know they, and this movie really just, um, you know, ups the ante when it comes to just like that dread of the unknown that's just hiding out there in the yeah. woods, and mm-hmm. and contrasting that with the sanctity and safety of that space, which is really what uh, of the of the village, mm-hmm. which is really what the whole movie is about. Yes, obviously, yeah. right, right. So, uh, so to me, that that location is just uh. And, and really, more than anything, it's a great movie. You know, you can you can uh, criticize the ending all you want, of course. And it, it's a pretty ridiculous movie. It's like kind of full of beans, but but ultimately <laughs> that's the like, best yeah, yeah. criticism of yeah. it. Because
0: I I very much like that movie, yeah. but I'm yeah. like torn about it. Yeah, yeah. full yeah, me of too. beans me too. is exactly. the best, most like perfectly critical, but like harmless and loving way to, yeah. to refer to it right, right. at the
4: end of the day though it's just it's a beautiful movie mm-hmm. yes. it's a gorgeous movie I it's think. very effective yeah. right From it's shot setting, so well yeah, to no. the cinematography to the music the colors thing Yeah, just i think the well. witch
0: is like a, a colder um, version of yeah. a similar yeah. <laughs> <setting>. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's a little I more musty but it, it has agree. that same kind of yeah. like you said that mid-atlantic fear of the woods yeah that's wild
3: okay. one thing with the Viljo, um i think like 90 percent of that movies great yeah great and then um it, yeah, yeah. The ending doesn't quite work for me. I don't hate it though. It Didn't make me mad. Like some people got mad about
0: it. Well, that was Whatever. at the time where we were all trying, where everyone thought the Try value of a movie it. was beating the twist. Yeah. Exactly. You're right. You're right. Yeah. And it's like that's not the value. It's it's you're you're buying two hours of entertainment. Right. You're right. You you're know, right and you right. got an hour and fifty minutes. There of was it, still a so. story. You didn't see the story exactly. The characters we're are good. At me.
3: But one thing I, I I don't have an answer for this, but I wonder. Uh, you know, Bryce Dallas Coward, Bryce Dallas, Bryce Dallas Coward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bryce Dallas Coward's like, character is blind in it. Um, I sometimes wonder would it have been better if she wasn't. Like, I like that she was given that. Cr- that well, handicap, that's why you know? she was given that job, obviously. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 You know? Um, But part of me just, I don't know, like the whole fear of the woods. It's also you can't see. Yeah. Um, you know? Yeah. Okay. So- alternate
0: version. They send Adrian Brody, the mentally challenged guy. So he sees everything and then comes back and everyone's like, Yeah, whatever, you're full of beans because you're <laughs> retarded. He's like, No, no, there was a there was a man. There's he a was a car. He was brown colored and there was a car and they're like, Whatever, <laughs> retard yeah. I never
4: thought about how everyone I mean, obviously it's true everyone is white, but that's kind of weird. Is and everyone it's yeah. been a while since I've yeah. seen it, but I think so, yeah. 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 Anyway. What's your number?
0: You know who's four? really good in that movie? Oh, sorry. Weaver. <laughs> oh yeah, she yeah, yeah, was. She was really good. I I thought it was She's I was like, great. In everything. My number four is the one that I thought we were talking about and weren't. So, spoiler alert for Identity. Oh. Uh, so, t- so, tune away for the next forty-five seconds or so. But what I love about Identity is that when we do ultimately find out that the whole thing actually takes place in the brain of a killer, yeah, it's such a cheat. But it's one that doesn't feel cheaty mm-hmm. because it's a it's a horror movie that takes place in a motel and things happen in it that's that physically don't make sense. Right. And, you know, where where a door is locked, but someone's behind it, but there's no one behind it. But there's someone here and there's someone there. How'd you get here then? How'd you get here? Then? And none of it makes sense. And you're just waiting for the, the, the ball to drop and say, you know, oh, it was actually this person and they were working this and working and right. Then the ball that they drop is none of it was real. And these psychologists are doing some crazy uh, uh, alternative cure for multiple personalities where they're creating a narrative in which they all kill each other, killing each other. And I love that idea of just like that's the cheat. Yep. Is none of it has to make sense because it doesn't pl- take place in any sort of physical plane. Right, you right. said that dream That's logic. very clever. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yep. And the joke is the script that uh, Charlie Kaufman's brothers writing an adaptation, The Ten. Yes, right. Is is His identity. identity essentially? But, yeah. You know, it, they pulled it off. It's you know it's written by the guy who wrote Jack Frost, the horror one. Oh right, yeah. Not the Michael uh-huh. Keaton one and it just ended up getting James mangled Logan, right? yeah exactly and yep. it ended up just being something that they they you know they classed it up a little bit and got you know got a good cat a really yeah, good cast. ass yeah and uh you know so at the end when like you know if i saw that movie now i'd be like well this is bullshit but it it was it done right it really does work and in a way like
4: it's kind of it i like how they use the hotel as the setting because the hotel is kind of, uh, you know, and maybe it's an it's sort of an archetypal location. Mm-hmm. Yes, like, exactly. Like a lot of these locations we're yeah. talking about are yeah. these archetypal locations. Well, of, there's a like village, of numbers. a hotel, wow. or a house, you know, and uh, and so maybe that sort of speaks to this idea that, you know, these movies plant all these kinds of like, you know, well, when we you go into a creepy old hotel, you're like, oh, I'm in a creepy old hotel just like this movie, or oh, like I'm, at, I'm going camping just like in this movie, and, you know, in this character's mind, it's, it's a creepy hotel, that's
0: his archetypal location right. where everyone's killing each other. Well, we other think identity is playing by the rules of hotel yeah. slasher. Right. And there's like all these things like, oh, there's different numbered keys. Oh, these are clues. Then it turns out it's all hogwash. Yeah. yeah. I think that's very well, cool. Well, hotel, hotel is
2: also a great representation of a of a mind, especially one that is a multiple personality mind yes. because uh, yeah. it's the uh, the hotel is a transient place in which people come, and, come go. and go. Yep. Yeah. There's little compartments yeah. for each one. Yeah. 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 Uh, oh, me. Right. Okay. Uh, I'm going to choose. So this is an interesting one because I, to be honest with you, I, I don't <coughs> re- remember this setting in any specific way that is very interesting to me. But I think it is one of the most unique and interesting settings for a horror movie. Uh, Bubba Hotep, the old oh. folks home. Uh, I've never seen it. Any Bubba that. Hotep fans here?
4: Yeah. I, I've wanted to. I've never seen it. Saw it once and just didn't really like it very much. Oh, bro. man. I <laughs> really.
0: I was saying, say when. Say <laughs> when. <laughs> Sorry, Dan just
4: poured me a very just tall glass I can, I can lift that burden if, uh, uh, if you're willing we'll to give it a shot. See what I'll get to. <laughs> yeah, say,
2: hmm. I, uh, I, I really like Bubba Hotep. I think Bobo Hotep is a really great meditation on. Say the director's aging. name. Uh, say
0: it. Don Cascaleri? No! No, you mix up your l and r It's it's so close. Cascarelli. Yeah. Cascarelli. I do
4: that all the time. Yep. I do that with Dan's name, too. Think I call him Dan Santanelli. Yeah. <laughs> just
2: think of an wait, Italian restaurant. you just restaurant. said it right.
0: No, isn't it Dan Santelli? It's Santelli. I say oh, Dan Santanelli. What? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I add, I, like, four sorry, syllables Dan. to it. I still say Murgis Meredith every <laughs> time, and I talk about Rocky six, seven times a day. <laughs> I've started <laughs> calling Mark Wahlberg, <laughs> <Yeah>. wal <Wal-mark-berg>, so berg <laughs> It's just Walmart. one of those things. wal
2: But I really think that uh, Boba Hotep is like a great meditation on aging and dying. Mm. Uh, and horror is obviously a perfect genre to talk about those two things. Death, in. yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, I just think an old folks home is such a unique setting for a horror film because it's I mean, where else is there horror happening on a daily basis in real life?
0: Oh, yeah, you're waiting for death. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that death comes in the form of a mummy. mummy. (laughs) And I love the idea because in an old folks' home, there's a there's a hierarchy of yes. the people who can be believed uh-huh. and the people that it's like all right no one's going to steal gone your gone, jewelry right? yeah, you know yeah. but it's like oh yeah you're kennedy okay okay <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah but he but he is I would like to revisit that it's been a very long yeah, time I'd actually liked I've movie. It, so I actually like, really yeah. like I've never seen it I think it would really it's
3: like I've there's been times like I want to watch it soon and I just yeah. forget you know? I it's really like, like it really it's a weird movie it's a very weird movie for sure
2: where it's good though most of his movies are uh, but there's yeah. There's nothing so like it. Old folks home. You got to give it that. There's yep. there's no
3: movie like I, I've never take. seen another horror movie in an old folks home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I I don't like think I, I have. have. i
4: I'll come to you.
3: Yeah. I might have seen maybe like a uh one of those shows like um Outer Limits or something. They might, they might sure, have an yeah, episode yeah, yeah, yeah. or something. Or uh, Well there's like or the Friday Zone, 13, the 13th TV show. Uh, maybe the that? Exorcist. But it was more of the fantasy kind of the uh, the Twilight
0: Zone of the uh What's the one? I think Spielberg did it in the Twilight Zone kick movie. The cam? Yeah, the Kick the Camera. That was fun, but that's not a horror movie. That's more no, of that just was, in yeah. the realm of the fantasy. fantasy yeah, ones. yeah.
2: Eva, what's your next one? Throw me another one. Cocoon. On Cocoon's I just not horror I was just, that was <laughs> what I was thinking of. I was like, well, it's cocoon.
4: You're like Ah Gutenberg, <laughs> <laughs> who's, who's scarier than Ron Howard?
3: I mean, come on. <laughs> um. So you know, when I was kind of approaching this, you know, like I'm sure, like I'm seeing all your lists. You probably you know? I, yes. Um, yeah. I try to break it down like okay, there's like the camp, nature, anything like yes, that. Yes. Yeah. Village would fall under that. Yeah. Camp, Crystal yeah. Lake, or there's the house. Yes. You know. Um. Then there's uh motels, hotels, that uh-huh, kind of thing. Uh-huh. Then you have um Holiday Inn, uh <laughs> hospitals. <laughs> uh-huh. Then you have like research facilities, uh-huh, or uh-huh. government facilities, that kind of thing. Um. And then I was like trying to break it down like, well, maybe I could pick one in each if I create these categories, whatever. Um. So I have a kind of like a two A, two B. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um. The cabin in the woods? Yep. The cabin slash research facility. Yep. And because um, that 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 in itself, its structure was the horror. Kind yeah. Of, yeah. Yes. Also, um, a lesser movie, but The Cube. Yeah. Oh, I love the cubicle cube. rooms. You know, I love cube. Those were terrifying. The acid and yes. stuff. Yes. So um, I just think the whole thing, this, this thing's more or less man-made. I guess maybe not so much a Cabin yeah. in the Woods, but um, just it, it was created to kill you. Yes. Way, yeah you know? yeah or to to create this this a death trap. yeah exactly yeah. exactly uh, there's uh, a moment so. in
0: cube that fucks me up because that's a movie that like if you actually try to do the math around it it makes no sense no you're right you're, oh, right, yeah, right. you're right but what i love about cube they do this one thing where you know the numbers in each portal mm-hmm. and they figure out like a formula that right. allows them to go yes. to non-trapped rooms, and then after like a few of them, the formula fails. <laughs> yeah, and they realize they've just been lucky. They've just been lucky. That is yeah. such that, a fuck. That, yeah. awesome. that, that up might be the yeah. best moment in the movie. Yeah, yeah that, that and um, I like yeah. the
3: scene where um, there is no system. Fuck. Yeah. 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 Fuck. When the, I guess he's like a lock. He's like a petty thief or a lock pick or something. He's oh right. Like, yeah. A yeah. that real like wiry guy. Or whatever. He goes in one and acid shoots in his face. Like, oh, because he was like actually like oh we might actually be able to use this guy like he's like yeah yeah he's useful yeah. He's done. Yeah, yeah. there's uh, so, the sequels yeah. of
0: those are they're not as good as the original. They're sure, interesting, but yeah. they're interesting. Yeah. They do some good yeah. cool stuff. Hypercube, yeah. yeah. Hi- Hypercube, I didn't much care for. Yeah. The third one third takes place. It's actually more of a cabin in the woods where yeah. it takes place in the, like the control room. Yeah, oh. and it's so about that, the operators, you know, and it's almost like, do I want to know? Well, I'm gonna find yeah. That yeah. out. Yeah, but it's that was cool. a
4: great okay. like anticipator of like the Saw
3: series right right so yeah. Like, yeah. I mean oh yeah the, the opening sequence of the yeah. first I one. always get anxiety when uh, in any movies where there's a potential for a booby trap yeah yeah, like, uh, uh, yeah. like a uh, bear trap or something just something, something simple you know? Yeah. for some reason make it, oh, it makes it me, me anxious angst. because every single one of them I see I'm like god
0: damn it I would have fallen into that yep. Yeah, me, it yeah, would have exactly. got me
3: I know I would have yep. I would have fallen remember fell,
0: oh, in yeah. Saw 2 when they reached through the thing to get the keys and oh, there's just glass there
3: on the wrist I'd be like I would have been like oh keys exactly fuck so I, those two, I, 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 you know, it's kind of a cheat, but those no, two, yeah, yeah. Um, and like cheap, with the cabin of so. woods, um, the the it's just a normal cabin, but it's just like that area around it too, with the with that uh, when the bird flies into the, like the mm-hmm. invisible fence and yeah, uh, Thor. I think also into, even you know.
0: the classic idea of a cabin in the woods. Because yeah. I had on my honorable mentions was the hills have eyes. It's uh-huh. just a motorhome in the middle of nowhere, right? Where, when when around you is nothing and the only thing visible to anything on the outside is your base. Yeah. That's fucking scary. It's like, yeah, yeah we're safe here because there's walls, but everyone knows we're here. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, like exactly. that is, and I mean, that's you know. that's like the function of a cabin in the woods. Yeah. It's just like You're there's evil the boat, all around. You and, stick out like a sore you know, thumb right we've there. We've got air conditioning, but, yeah. you know, right. we also have a, a
3: big X
0: painted on us. And, yeah. and I
3: like at the end, though, just all the carnage when they kind of like yeah. – and it's, like, truly, like, no, this is the, spoiler alert, uh, this is the end of the world. Cause, yeah. You know, because like, yep. they. The gods t- must be pleased. Exactly. And it's, it took this whole, like, angle that. like for, Everybody told me, dude, you'd like it. It's not what you think it is. So, everything I, every time I thought something, I'm like, I don't trust it. It's got to be something A, B, or C, you know. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And granted, I didn't guess anything, but at the end, when she's going down the elevator, and you see all these really, yeah. really just sinister-looking things. Some of them like looking looking silly, like there was like a blob or with an eyeball or yeah. something. Yeah, but yeah The yeah. one guy had like saw blades in his face. Oh, yeah. Starts, the little girl with the mouth face. Right, right. Yeah. Like those are like terrifying. Yeah. And then yeah. when it all got loose, and then I'm looking at these like the soldiers who were meant to be security for that place, <laughs> and it's like, um, then uh, was it what's that guy's name? He was in the he was the father Bradley Whitford. St- no, 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 him, no, he's great, but... um, Jen- oh, Richard, uh, Richard, uh, Richard Jenkins. Jenkins. I, uh, you mean I wonder, Yeah, and I'm wondering what's going on this whole movie. They're just like, another day at the office, you know? Yeah. And um, just and then the stakes just get dramatically raised at the end. And uh, I kind of feel like if I had the opportunity to break out, I would have too. But you don't really think that this is literally right. going to be the end of all human life. You know who's great in that movie? Yeah. Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> <laughs> she was. Wow. i was very surprised to see her in it. Yeah, yeah. that was a but, um, great little thing. You know, And like I said, like Cube's very interesting in what it is, it's you know, but um like Kevin Woods would probably be my pick out of it mm-hmm. too, of course. Um mm-hmm. uh, but anything like like when there's like a like a facility itself that's yeah, designed for, a, designed for your designed destruction. For heart, you know. Yeah um I find just interesting. And um movies like that can be hit or miss, but I thought Captain Woods worked really well and cube worked oh, pretty yeah. well. Mm-hmm. And that's just know.
0: smart. And it's also like a lot of the things we we're talking about, it's just a subversion of something that we come to expect. Yeah, you know what to expect about a cabin in the woods movie, and yeah. it says, "Oh, do
3: you?" <laughs> right, exactly, yeah. exactly. So, well,
0: Andy, what do you got
4: on your list next? Speaking of Sigourney Weaver, I do. I I had to include mm-hmm. LV four two six, the alien planet yes. where the mm-hmm. Nostromo lands in the first Alien movie. Um, so this is specifically the scene where they um you know receive the distress call. Go to land on the planet LV426, and they find the derelict alien spacecraft, which looks incredible. It's the sort of U shape, if you will, mm-hmm. and uh, the team, you know, enters the spacecraft and finds you know, basically that's been colonized, you know, by you know the aliens more or less. And the HR Geiger, I guess, you know, was the guy who uh, worked on the creation of of this um, area, and you know, just the way that the walls look with the sort of Slime and organic content dripping down the the walls and on the floors. And obviously, once they find the eggs, it's just it's an incredible looking place, mostly shot in dark. But then it sort of lights up when we get to see it through their cameras, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. from the point of view of the Nostromo crew. And
0: uh, I mean, yeah, we could, you know, I'm sure everybody loves that place. That actually (laughs) feel and like we see a tiny segment of that planet. Yeah, I, I just watched this last weekend. Yeah, it feels like a real it feels real. Mm-hmm. It does. And, and you know, I guess,
4: you know, you could, uh, Aliens certainly, to me, has always felt a lot more like a sci-fi movie. But that scene in particular just feels like it could be a horror movie very easily because, you know, just the sound design, and the soundtrack, and the the way that, you know, it, it's, it's like the descent in a way where it's sort of like that slow use, like you expect something to just pop into the corner at any given moment. And he uses all that negative space in the framing. Um, It's just, I mean, just the the sort of marriage of industrial and organic, you know, just, I mean, that is just, that place is just stuck in my mind forever. It reeks of
0: something bigger and more powerful than you.
4: Yes, it's just, it's terrifying. It's the hint of a world that obviously has become a major cultural touchstone for, you know, going on. You know, almost 40 years now. So, yeah, got it. Got to go with LV426. Love
0: mm-hmm. it. Well, my number three is The Cave and The Descent. Oh, oh awesome. boom. Yes, because one well, of the things oh, that I really great. enjoy about The Descent is that for its first act, it is the best trapped in a small space, non-horror yes. movie thriller that I've ever seen. Yes. And then the monsters show yes. up. Um, and, and the when
4: they show up. That is one of the scariest things. I saw ever. that at the mm. Philly
0: Film Festival when it when it first came out and it was a packed theater. That moment when they turned the camera yeah. and that creature's there. I, I, I I'm comfortable saying without any sort of uh what's the word, without any exaggeration, that every single person in that theater lifted out of their seat, even just a yeah, little. Yep. It was huge. Yep. And and apparently too, if you go back and watch that movie, those creatures are all over the first act. Yeah, yeah, right. In the background, you can't see them. Yeah, and actually, funny little thing too: uh, all of the creatures are played by women. It's an entirely female cast Mm -hmm. movie, except for that one death at the beginning. Yeah. But um, one of the cool things about *The Descent* is that it is—you know—it becomes a a, a, uh, claustrophobic escape thriller. Yes. Then the monsters show up then it becomes a people-turning-on-each-other uh-huh. thriller. And so these have now layered on top of each other. And it's like, okay, well, we've got to solve the monster problem. Well, no, we've got to solve our personal problems. We've got to solve our monster problems. And then we've got to get out of this yep. unmapped cave.
4: And then we have to battle our own mental illness. Yes, <laughs> and our, exactly.
0: And then i got to battle my my own demons in yeah. life. And, um, the, you know, it, it's it's another one where... Uh, story-wise having that many layers of escape stacked on top of each other really strengthens the story but you also have this great just technical device where there are these unknown caverns there are pools of blood there are so many just gimmicky horror things everywhere where you can have a creature just pop up Mm -hmm. and so it's it's functional but it's also uh, thickly resonant with the story yeah and it's it's good shit. That movie is so incredible. So I love good. that movie. That
3: movie's on my uh, secret shameless, not so secret. Now I've never seen it. Oh, dude, oh, I know. Dude. Yeah, Front-line I've never it's seen right. it, and it's one as I've I've always wanted to see. It's just really, never saw it, it is really worth seeing. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure. I've never really heard anything bad about it. Just never got around to it. Uh, you some know? of
2: the most distinctive, memorable, just. Shots framed in, in horror, at least in modern horror that I can yeah. I can think of. Yeah, it's
0: it's
3: great. It definitely looks like it'd be my speed. Yeah, you know, I think it's you just, would enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, it's
0: yeah. So I just Neil Marshall's legit. Yeah, every battle episode of Game of Thrones he Neil Marshall that. did, yeah. and <laughs> it's because he did things like this, and he does this great movie. A lot of people don't love it. I am an Doomsday. Doomsday. fan of Doomsday. That that is, I love Doomsday. That it's is fun. man, yoga pants versus medieval times <laughs> is like, how does it get better than that? But even yeah, um, she's beautiful. So uh, Whoever that woman Born is. She's, uh, oh, yes. She's awesome. And uh, and she's just such a badass. She's like a chain smoking, just fucking. Mm. Rah, fuck Bob off. Hoskins is great in that movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then he also did Centurion with yeah, Fast That's a yeah. great <laughs> flick. <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, the descent. All uh, right. Um, I feel like I should throw a
2: Hail Mary and make this a top three. Can we just crossed the two hour mark, gentlemen. Uh yeah, yeah,
0: let's let's, let's rattle on off here. our top 3. Yeah. yeah, let's do that actually. Everybody just so hit your last three. 3. Yeah.
2: That's yeah,
3: just say okay. and then just we Well, can, we can yeah.
2: we, I mean, you can do a little bit of discussion, but Works. let's yeah. let's get them out there. Uh so mine would be the sorority house from Black Christmas. Good. Oh, uh, good, call. Yes. good call. I was call. trying to figure out, I didn't really want to include a house cuz there's so many houses, mm-hmm. but if I'm going to include one house, I think that's the one. I really that one sticks out in my memory and I maybe it's just cuz that movie is so good to me, but I I really like that one. Um I also had so this is a
0: little. I think uh, Black Christmas might be my favorite like slasher, even above like yes, a Halloween. I,
2: I, I'm, I'm kind of there with you, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was kind of the original. The call is coming from inside the house. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, Black Christmas was before Halloween, right? Uh, yes. Well, yeah. so it was, like, a 1974 year 1974. Yeah, 24. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So four years ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the other thing... Oh, I realized I think we all already did three. Ooh, cool. We only got to do two, top twos. Yeah. Uh, the other one I wanted to bring up is a little lesser known, but it's uh, got a big John Carpenter connection. Body Bags? Anybody oh, seen Body yeah. Bags? I've never seen it. An anthology, right? Anthology, really worth seeing. John Carpenter directed two of the segments, I think, and, um... Toby Hooper directed the other one, or the other way around. Maybe Toby Hooper did too. Can't remember. Maybe but Steven Spielberg directed it. There is. Uh, <laughs> I bring this up for two settings. One is the wraparound story is a morgue, and uh, morgues is a great setting. Reanimator has a great morgue at the center of
0: it. Reanimator had to had to get cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that is a great morgue at the yeah. center
2: of it. Um, this one is notable because John Carpenter plays the. Uh, mortician in the movie that is <laughs> guiding you from body to body and telling you a story about a body. He's and John Carpenter a, is looks like a an amazing actor. <laughs> He's fantastic wow. in it. But the other setting is just because I think this is another great unique location for a horror movie. There is basically a Halloween riff also directed by Carpenter as one of the shorts that takes place at a gas station. And the whole location. I had um,
0: Splinter as one of my honorable mentions. It's a Shea wiggum based, oh, yeah. uh, but it takes place at the at a gas station and the like little Boogey Mart attached to it. Oh yeah. yeah, this
2: literally takes place in the booth where you would like pay for your gas. Oh, okay, like, that's the whole location. There's a it's shitty horror little movie booth. called
0: ATM that's kind of like oh, that. yeah, it's not great. It's not bad. Yeah, it's not great, but it's you know. I
2: mean, this is 20 minutes long, so it's like perfect for a ATM setting like that. Should have been 20 minutes long, yeah. and
0: I think was based on a short film. Yeah, mm. it's. Uh, uh, it, it's re- it's just such a great unique
2: setting for like a Halloween style just stalker a uh, uh, horror film. It it really works. It's cool. It's very cool. Nice. Uh, and I think that rounds my list out. I'm good with that.
0: Right on. Right
3: Evo,
2: give me your last two, bud. Uh,
3: the Jungle and Predator. Oh, oh awesome. Yes. Okay. Uh, okay. I was a little torn about putting Predator on because it's basically an action movie the first half. Yeah, and then it's the horror movie. And then so it's Hell Malone. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> basically. Home Alone yeah. in the jungle. Yeah. Um, yeah.
2: So, or maybe um, Home Alone is Predator in a house. Dude, I used to do like a five minute bit where I would just detail the plots of both Home Alone and Predator at the same time so that it was clear that I was detailing the plots of both of those movies at the same time. And Even down the to the parallels. point of the
0: paint can and the log. Yes. <laughs> down to the point of there's a
2: scene in both movies where somebody basically does a jungle scream.
3: Yeah. yeah uh, 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 uh. <laughs> So, Talk so about were about the Sticky band child predators? Kevin <laughs> covered himself with mud. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, <laughs> I, that was how I
2: detailed that scene where I was like, "There's that scene where Schwarzenegger covers his face and ah! yeah. and there's that scene where Kevin McAllister covers his face and ah, oh, yeah, with the aftershave, yeah, yeah, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. So he, did, yeah. He, yeah <laughs> he does. Oh, that's um, fucking funny.
3: And you know, that uh, kind of lends itself the whole nature thing, how like you know you don't see what's coming. Yeah, and the fact that predator is camouflaged. You yes, know? Uh, he could be. Next Anywhere it is. Five feet mm. away from you at all times. Yeah. So that I thought was a great location. It is. The second Predator I actually kind of like, but for completely different reasons. Oh, I do too. Yeah. I, like, I, 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 I do still find it enjoyable. I like Paxton in it, Danny Glover. Paxton. It's a little uh-huh. too old for this shit, you know. But um Buse. I guess I guess they're trying to do the whole urban Buse. jungle thing, you know. Yeah. Ooh, Buse, urban jungle. You know, oh. but um or concrete jungle, whatever they say, you know. I believe the, the
0: tagline of the movie was uh oh, he's in the city with a couple days to kill. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> was the tagline jungle to jungle? Yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> based in sh- taking place in
4: 1997. <laughs>
3: Appropriate, he's in that movie. <laughs> yes, he is. Um, when I was thinking of nature, I almost actually also went with Jurassic Park, but that's more. Oh, like, Jurassic Park, yeah, yeah but you yeah, know, that was cool. Um, I have it because as much as I love Jurassic Park, it was worth it because you um, just got that jungle, to jungle <laughs> that's yeah, killing me. that is fucking brilliant. <laughs> Um, but my last one would be Buffalo Bills Lair in Science Land. Oh, oh, dude, yeah. Uh, that right. well, that hole, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. Mean, I guess it's a well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean uh, it's one time. of the most iconic, memorable. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You know.
0: Oh, and there's nothing scarier than looking up because like yes. you can't even see your out. Yes. you're right, out. Right. <laughs> All you can see is him and his little poochie. Exactly. Looking yeah. yeah.
3: over, you know. So, um, uh, I guess that would probably, be, you know, I I was touring between Science Lands because with Science Sola because I was also wanted to do. Uh, uh, Hamble uh jail cell. Oh, together. yes. And it kind of, I mean, he's at the clear wall, so he's still right there with you, mm-hmm. you know? But yeah. then he also has the jail cell later when he escapes. Yeah. Which has, like, the drapes and stuff. And yeah something just so oh, weird yeah. about yes. it that's beautiful. Right? Yeah. You know? Well, it's like so, that but weird, I'm like, like you know, clinical, Buffalo, classy like, Which dirtiness? one would I hate to be in most? Mm-hmm. I feel like that one. That yeah, I, yeah. I wouldn't want to well.
0: go to that first one, though, because you're like, I want to talk to a and then someone just throws their cum on yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Actually, you know, you know, setting in that movie scares me more than anything, the uh, storage unit. And it doesn't pay off oh, to anything, yeah. but when she has to like open half the mm-hmm. storage unit and Clarice has to like slide mm-hmm. under the half open door. Right. When I first saw that, I was probably like maybe like 13 years old, right. and like it doesn't pay off to any big scare. She just finds evidence. Yeah. That scared th- I that was one of I those feel things like that
3: had me on th- edge. Yeah, I remember the first time I saw part of me feeling not even ripped off, but I feel like I should have been scared there. But then, as i got older, I've seen it, I'm like, no, nah, why would there be? Really? Oh, really? Yeah. It's scarier it's that, that there scary. isn't one. And you're exactly, waiting for exactly, it. yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, no, his um, little pit, whatever, is just that. Uh, yeah. bothers me. Oh, <laughs> so. Yeah, that is haunting. It's <laughs> tough. Yeah, a great movie with so many good creepy scenes. Yeah. Um. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just everyone kept coming back to him, uh, mimicking her cries. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, now he's just fucking with you. Yeah. You know. And um. Yeah. So yeah, that would that would be I'd round out my five. So. Nice.
4: <laughs> So my, actually I actually have three left. Um, my third is 28 days later. Mm-hmm. Uh, the not the ending, um, mansion that we were talking about earlier, but it's actually the tower high rise where Frank, played by Brendan Gleeson, lives with his daughter Hannah. Mm-hmm. And so basically, what happens is uh, the characters played by Killian Murphy and Naomi Harris they see this like light in the distance at the top of this high rise, and you know they decide to go check it out, see for signs of life. Christmas lights, right? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Right. And it's it's actually um, filmed in a real place in East London uh, called it's in a neighborhood called Poplar and it's actually a real building and it's a well you know obviously it's a real building but it's a social housing uh, residential high rise so it's like housing projects essentially and um, so I just I just think that that location that we were talking earlier about how to zombie proof places and and when it comes to zombie proofing like that. Always seemed like the ultimate zombie-proof place to me. You know? Yeah, so it's a high-rise. It's uh, you know, it's it's protected at the bottom by all those shopping carts, and and it's just walled off. And Frank, you know, the Brendan Gleeson characters just—he's got that like riot gear to protect them, and it's just you know, it's just seems like the safest place in an extremely um, unsafe yeah. city. So I, I just, you know, and that's the first time in the movie where you feel like they really get a chance to kind of breathe and the characters sort of become a family. Mm-hmm. And they're really only in that area. It's probably like 15 minutes of the movie at most and uh, and before they head off to go north to Manchester. But, you know, I just, I just really, um, you know, always thought that that would, if I had to zombie-proof a place, I would, you know, kind of go about it the same way.
0: I used to live in a tower apartment until very recently, and I always thought about how, with enough canned goods, I'm good. Yeah, Like, I'm set. I'm safe. But it would manifest any time that I was, like, unlocking my door. In my head, I would picture a rage zombie coming around the corner. And then it would be, like, a personal race to see if I could get yeah. the door open before it reached me. And not going to lie, every single time I got eaten. <laughs> <laughs> every single time. I was like, I wonder if... Oh, oh, no! That thing that happens in movies where you can't get yeah. the key to go in and... Oh! <laughs> you <laughs> Yeah. The car doesn't start and all that yeah. shit. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, we'd all be done. No, no. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Uh, number two is in I Poltergeist, the, the uh, cul-de-sac in Cuesta Verde, an Orange County planned community where the Freeling family lives mm-hmm. with Coach Craig T Nelson. <laughs> yeah, and um, so the cool thing about this uh, this area is, like, you know, obviously it's the house that was built on an Indian burial ground. Yeah. You know, in oh, Southern California you or whatever. Left the bodies. Yeah, yeah, you took the tombstones yep. or whatever. Yeah, it's uh, it's just it's a great movie because it definitely has that same feeling of like, it's like basically the same setting as like ET, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like that, that California, like, you know, like all those little boxes, the McMansions, you know, and you see a lot of those wide shots where you see like even more planned houses that are about to get built. And, uh, in the movie, it's just one of my favorite horror movies. And it certainly, you know, ends up being a reflection too on, you know, like Dawn of the Dead is about consumerism and, you know, the mall. I guess is definitely, you know, a comment on, you know, like manifest destiny and yeah, american sprawl building. and mm-hmm. where you're building and you know the way that, you know, we sort of use our our reliance on the nuclear family to sort of like, yeah. you know, but what what are we what what is in our dark history of america? Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you look in these little boxes on so the hillside, clean, yeah. you know, what are we building Lean over? Balance. What are we trying yeah. to what are we trying to bury? You know, yeah. it could be our history of um, indian genocide, it could be our history of slavery, it could, you know, just Or just history of, you know, just deep dissatisfaction. I love the idea too of
0: like, oh, no, no, we did the honorable thing. Check out the tombstones. It's like, we will do the demonstrative aspect of it to make ourselves feel better, but we left those bodies. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
4: And then it turns into, you know, just a really terrifying
3: fairy tale. Right. Yeah. Um, Did you see that, the remake of that? What did you say? It starts off innocently. The scares are kind of like. Oh okay. Oh yeah. So it's really? like, okay. Yeah. I'd be creeped out, but I'm not running for the hills. Well, yet. it does
0: open with a tree eating a kid. Yeah. yeah. But beyond be that, you yeah. are right. Yeah. Oh, the, the,
3: the chair, I think is moving or a box. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah I'm yeah. like, okay, it's is it playful? It's not doing it, and then it's like, oh shit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So uh, that I really like it. Just um, it really plays with your expectations. That is without a doubt my favorite supernatural movie. Uh, it's out. Definitely top five for me. I think. Did you yeah. see the remake? I didn't.
0: It's it's I wish you could still see it in 3D cuz it was directed by the guy who did Monster House and it's yeah. very much made to be a ride. I think it's actually pretty good. Yeah. But uh when I saw that movie, there's a line in it where Sam Rockwell plays the dad. Mm-hmm. Great and, casting uh, choice. Oh, it's a great casting choice and he's like he's losing his it. job and he used to be a baseball player and his wife's like, "Well, you know, you could always be a coach." And as soon as she says that line, uh, me in the theater explodes with laughter because it's clearly a Craig oh. T. Nelson reference. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone else is like, what the Nobody fuck got is it." Yeah. 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 it. appreciate like, co- that. Oh. Okay.
4: Yeah. There's also, uh, you know, just another thing I love about that movie is uh, just the rolling golden hills of California and how it's kind of, well, obviously we said E.T., but also it reminds me of, uh, you know, one of my favorite music videos, the 1979 by Smashing Pumpkins. Yes. Oh, Go on. Yeah. yeah. You know, so just. It's just, you know, that movie really uh, just kind of pulls my nostalgia cord really hard. Yeah. Um. So my number one uh, is, I'm surprised no one's mentioned it yet, Suspiria. Mm-hmm. The yeah, it was, um, honorable it was mention. Possibly, yeah. So to me, Suspiria is a movie that, you know, it's Dario Argento, uh, Italian horror about, I think, 1978 maybe? That sounds right. And um, it is a movie that makes no sense nope. at all. They're just the plot is insane, mm-hmm. uh, like a lot of Argento films. But, I mean... Just that, 77. Oh, 77. But that world that it creates, the uh the Tanz Dance Academy in Freiburg, Germany. Yes. Is just, you know, to me, it is just incredible. Mm-hmm. Like it is just the most beautiful. Um, it is just those primary colors, the red, mm-hmm. the in terms of production design and just the world that Suspiria creates, not just through. Obviously, the production design, but then the music that certainly reinforces it. It's just a world you want to spend time in. Yeah. Like who cares what the plot is? Who cares what it's about? Just give me that visceral feeling of being in that dance academy of yeah. Suspiria, and it's just like truly joyous. Um, of course, uh, so I was looking at this earlier today, and I uh, just printed out some stuff from Wikipedia, always a great source, uh, the, and it just said a few words about the production design that I thought were interesting. The production design and cinematography emphasizes vivid primary colors, particularly red, creating a deliberately unrealistic, nightmarish setting. Emphasized by the use of imbibition Technicolor prints, the imbibition process used for *The Wizard of Oz* and *Gone with the Wind* is much more vivid in its color rendition than emulsion-based release prints. Therefore, enhancing the nightmarish quality of the film, it was one of the final feature films to be processed in Technicolor.
3: Mm. So, you guys
4: are you know, some of you guys are pretty technical. You might know more about what that means. Than I do, but but it was fascinating how I'd mentioned like on with the wind because it really it's like wow there there is some of that like same deep orange deep red that you see in like those burning southern skies
2: it's that same thing in. Suspiria. I got to see a thirty five millimeter print of that at of uh, yeah at uh, a Giallo uh, Marathon that uh, Exum did last year right and it is incredible to see Technicolor like projected on an actual film print on a big screen. I had never seen, like, Technicolor, like, I get what it is just from seeing things like Wizard of Oz, but I've only ever seen them on, like, tube televisions when yeah, I was like, yeah. growing up, you know Especially what I mean?
3: those um, musicals from back in the day you see more. more yeah, yeah.
2: More. But I'd only ever seen them on, like, tube televisions and stuff, which totally reduce like, the actual effect that Technicolor has. It is incredible to oh, see yeah. on a big screen projected on film. It's I like bet. a, it's a distinct difference between the other sort of color processes they normally use.
4: Like I was thinking about that scene where they're all sleeping in like the yes. gymnasium, and and they have the uh, big like sort of blank, you know, like the white sheets that mm-hmm. are set up to separate them from other people, and there's those red lights that mm-hmm. you know are sort of glowing in the background. Just wow, yeah, just that world is. I mean, to me, it's like kind of an annual rewatch or every two years, like around Halloween. And uh, when,
2: when on the actual day of Halloween, I always blast the soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. incredibly affecting as a movie, yeah. even if it is nonsensical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm eager
0: to see what they do. There is the remake. Isn't yeah. that's coming. Yeah. The, Directed. Uh, a uh, bigger, bigger is, splash. Yeah. A, yeah.
4: L- yep. uh, Luca Guadagnino. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. I, I totally I butchered that. I just had it
0: open because I accidentally clicked it. I'm glad it. they're
4: getting an actual like Italian. Yes. Indirect. Luca yeah.
0: Guadagnino. Oh. And, oh. it's Dakota Johnson. Not going to lie. Huge fan. Yeah. I could see her she's being easy good. easy on the yeah. ice. She's a good actress. And she's a, uh, people, she's a good actress, People, people, people uh, haven't credit yet. There is no
2: way they don't cast Elle Fanning in that movie before it gets
0: made. <laughs> um, close I, enough. Uh, Chloe, Chloe Grace Moretz. Oh, yep, so, there you go. Yep. That's who you get when and you can't Guth, get Elle Fanning. And Mia as I like to call her, Mrs. Shula Boo. <laughs> All right, so... Um, what you got left there, Daniel? Number two, a uh, really excellent movie that I saw last year called Demon. Mm, and I it takes place at Damn. a wedding. I always want to see that. Oh. Uh, oh, it's a really good movie. Great, and, um, I really liked it. Yeah, it was a it was a very Polish. fun movie. It got a little extra notoriety because the director killed himself at like its <laughs> festival premiere. Ugh, um, it's terrible. But uh, it's so it's a really really cool movie. It's just about a possession of a dibbok at a wedding. But it's one of those where like, what's a dibuk? It is. It's part of uh, of like Jewish mythos, but it is demon. a demon of a. But it's not even so much a demon. It's a spirit of a dead person that has unfinished business, mm-hmm. and so it'll yeah. possess a, a living person yeah. to you know close off the business and move on. So this is a wedding where uh, it's. I don't want to say shotgun wedding, but it's one where it's not under the best circumstances, but mm-hmm. it's gonna work out. Uh, they're. They are a good couple, but like you can tell it's there's just some tensions between the two families and the guy he's like a bit of a partier and all that, but he gets possessed by a Dybbuk. And so it's this wedding where it's like we've got two families trying to, you know, uh keep the uh just keep up appearances while trying to keep this wedding together while no one's really sure exactly what's happening to this. Is he drunk? Is mm-hmm. he possessed? You know, what is it? And so having that wedding circumstance around it, you know, there's a there's a bunch of different physical places you can go because you can check into the bridal party. You can check into the dance floor. You can check into what's happening outside. Um, There's construction going on in the house. So there's like a a pit that's being dug. And so there's just a lot of different areas that you can check in. But the fact that it's a wedding um, as guests to a wedding we get to see all of the best parts about a wedding, but under the surface of every wedding is tension mm-hmm. because it's just a big change for a lot of people, and they they milk that out of it. So Demon. And then my number one is a movie that um, I, I don't know how I first heard of it, but it's called The Wild Hunt, hmm. and it's more of a thriller than a horror movie. But it's about a guy, oh it's really cool It takes place at a LARPing event And what it is is a guy Who has a falling out with his girlfriend She goes to this LARPing event And he decides, you know what, I'm gonna show up I'm gonna win her back Mm -hmm. And so he shows up and he's just not fucking Keeping character, which is the Biggest sin And so the LARP people Decide, well fuck it Let's make it real yeah. And so it turns into a real medieval battle <laughs> of people committed to this. And because of the LARPing event and because of this outsider, he has to actually become the stranger in a strange world yeah. fighting for his life amongst, you know, just a. And so because of the LARPing event setting, you have the woods. Yeah. You have a whole bunch of people that are unpredictable. You have two different factions clashing of reality and. You know, pretend reality, which is slowly becoming real reality. Right. It's just a really interesting setting for what was ultimately like a very funny and very engaging thriller. That I will wild, lie, I'm gonna it check that out. The wild, like to, yeah, I think like. it might even be on Netflix. Yeah, but it was cool. It was it was just something I remember reading about online. Like people were like, "You should check this out." No one's ever heard of it. Yeah, and when it popped up on Netflix, I put it on, and you know, larping is something that so few people are familiar mm-hmm. with, mm-hmm. and as an outsider to it. It was really engaging where you're like, oh, I see why that's scary. Right. This is a bunch of people committed to a set of rules and mm-hmm. and a lifestyle that not only being an outsider to makes me unfamiliar, but is offensive to that mm-hmm. by right. being an outsider. So it adds more attention. It's a great setting for a horror movie. So that's my number one. That sounds cool. I actually really yeah,
3: want that. to see that now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's cool.
2: Uh, let, let's do away with the uh, honorable mentions. I think we brought enough of these yeah, up. Right. We don't know we're all. out of here. Yeah, let's get it's out of here. Midnight. Let's get out of here. It is midnight. It is, it is, midnight. It is midnight. It's currently midnight, folks. Uh, so we're going to get out of here. Uh, we choose the movie next time. Don't let it go to your head, you idiots. Just calm down. We're choosing the next one. What are you going to choose? I don't know. We'll figure it out.
0: Yeah, I don't know yet. Although, actually, I was thinking about this because... Um, Nacho Vigolando has a new movie coming yes. out. We should yes. finally do yes. Time Crimes. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Well, I've time heard of that crimes. movie. Um,
3: time Crimes is a movie been... I saw at the film festival. Yeah, I liked it, didn't love it, but the people I was with, Josh, I was yeah. or, 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 uh, they loved it. Uh, and then uh, I watched it again. I liked it a lot more the second it's time. Time so, Crimes so. is my favorite movie it. to show people,
0: and then I watch them watch it. Really? Yeah. 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 Name it's I so, so fun Yeah, maybe yeah. we'll do that next you do time I, I like that idea. Yeah. I love it. Yep. Go watch it. And yes. watch it with subtitles, not with dubbing, because the dubbing is shit. Yes. Oh, yes. my God. I can't watch shit, a movie dubbing. I I can. I can't. I, can't. So I was going to say, I can almost. have a very hard time.
4: There's some movies that are, well, I guess like Suspiria. Is dubbed like those Italian horror movies. Yeah. As long as you can't
0: find the subtitled movies. Older okay. Jackie Chan movies are a lot of fun Dubbed yes, I they think you put it out with Kevin. But well, they're <laughs> <guess laughs> great in general. <laughs> Deep Red, maybe? Yeah. What's that?
4: Deep Red is kind yeah, of weirdly really dubbed. I yeah. saw
3: that. Yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. Argento yeah. as well, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's let's uh, let's get this thing out of here. You can find us on uh, Twitter at I Like Two Movie. That's the numeric two. Facebook.com slash I Like Two Movie. Uh, rate and subscribe to the show on iTunes. We would really appreciate it. It helps us out. Leave us a review uh i like to movie.tumblr.com you can find me on twitter at filmadelphia that's with an f and i review every movie i watch on letterboxed.com slash filmadelphia and you can find some other stuff i'm doing like i am going through the 14 film box set Released by Arrow, a uh, video uh, of Herschel gordon Lewis's Splatter Films. Nice. Uh, I'm doing that over on FarsightedBlog.com in a thing called Splatter Matters uh, once a week for the next like six months, title. probably. Thank you.
4: Splatter does yeah, matter. That's
0: good. Uh,
2: so, yeah. Uh, you can find me over there, FarsightedBlog.com, doing that thing. Uh, Evo, what about you? Where are you at?
3: Uh, I am on Twitter, uh, Evo Empire. It's I-V-O Empire. Uh, and... Uh, Right, right now I don't have a website, so. All right. <laughs> Other than that, yeah, I'm just all on Twitter. Very good. Spocking my nonsense. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
4: Andy, yeah, and I'm on Twitter at Andrew M Elijah. Um, yeah, it's kind of random, and uh, <laughs> although it is my name, but <laughs> it. So, it so random, it doesn't it's really roll off the tongue very right It's actually well, <laughs> super is what specific. I'm my Twitter's <laughs> my name too. It's okay. <laughs> and uh, and also I write for Synadelphia. Um, I usually like once a week or so I'll have something up there. So dot Com, and then um. Yeah, and then uh you can email me, andyelijah at gmail.com.
0: Right on. Um I'm at Dan Scully on everything, Twitter, letterboxed. Yes. All that jazz at Dan Scully. You can check out my writing on Cynadelphia.com. Um also as a reminder, the Cynadelphia Film Festival uh opens on April thirteenth. So check that out, com. There will be coverage across all of those websites. So please check it out. A lot of exciting stuff going on. And uh, yeah, I think that is everything for me. Let's hit the sign off, bro. Let's do it. Uh, oh, and you can email us. I like two movie at gmail.com.
2: Tell us what you want us to review. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll see you all in a, in a couple of weeks. Wait, can huh? we just Hi. drop
0: Can huh? we just drop it? Because we have the date. Oh, yeah. Do it. Okay, on. so um, we had an episode a little while back where we talked to uh, Bennett Jones, mm-hmm. AKA Bene of I Am a Knife with Legs. And yes. we are happy to be hosting a screening of I Am a Knife with Legs. Uh, it is at a venue that we will be announcing. It is in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Nice. Please come check it out. This is going to be on July 15th, 2017. It yes. is a Saturday night. And uh, we're going to be screening the film. We are going to be talking to the filmmaker himself, mm-hmm. and we also have some exclusive footage from Tango Europa, the sequel to I Am a Knife with Legs. You are not going to want to miss this. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't seen I, have an, I Am a Knife with Legs, uh, you can find it online. It is available. Uh, just Google it, you'll get to his website, and you yeah. can purchase it. Worth every penny. It is the best and we can only hope that the sequel is going to be even better because Benego's international.
2: It is going to be so fun to watch this on a big screen. Yeah.
0: It, it, like My one regret is I never did get to see this on a big yeah. screen, and now
2: we get to do that, which is so exciting to me. Oh, I can't wait to share to it. You, you should. Uh, yeah. I can't wait to share it with an audience. I think it's going to be like a really exciting, fun time. And we're doing it in Baltimore. We'll announce the venue shortly, uh, but uh, I think we actually have a pretty good Baltimore base. So if you're in Baltimore and you're listening to this, uh, please join us in July. We're very excited to do this. It's going to be cool. Uh, also, one more thing. I'm
4: on uh, Letterbox too, Andy. Um, yeah, at uh, Andy Elijah, slash awesome. so
2: Andy Elijah. Yeah. Right. Uh, let's do the sound off, silly we? Uh, sound off. Sound sign off, off. Sound sound off. off. sign off. That's sign what off. I'm trying to say. Our words. Words. Our words. 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 Are fun. Dun, words. <laughs> dun,
4: dun,
2: dun, dun.
4: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> My name is Garrett Smith, and I like to movie movie.
4: My name is
3: Dan Scully, and I like to movie movie.
4: My name is Andy Elijah. I also enjoy movie,
3: movie. <laughs> I am Evo Tomas. I, too, like to movie, movie. <laughs> so
4: I'm being a dick. I like to movie,
0: movie. I'm Andy.
3: <laughs> We're blowing it.
0: Because we all know that you, <laughs> you like, like to movie, movie. Because, because we like, like to movie. Mo- 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 me- <laughs>